Dear Billy, sometimes life punches you in the balls. Sometimes you get to listen to the Talk Until the Joy is Gone podcast with your egregious hosts, Rooney and Reggie. <laughs> That's possibly the best intro we've ever done. There was no, possibly, fucking, yeah. there was no fucking about. It was just like, I'm Rooney and this is... There's no slight digs at me before we even get started. It was it was bloody brilliant. <laughs> it's also, as will become apparent during the episode, perfectly relevant to this episode. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I think we need to keep this kind of good intros up. Like forty-three episodes in, we've nailed intros. <laughs> it's it's only up from here, right? <laughs> Global superstardom. If we can nail intros, we could. There's nothing we can't now. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> It's only because, like, last night whilst I was watching the film, I was like, that will make a perfect intro. And I wrote it down on the top of my notes to remember to do it, like, when I got the idea. Last week, yeah. Unlike last week, yeah, I actually remembered it this week. Um, So, yeah, there we go. Intro. Intros are good, aren't they? (laughs) How's the week been in the world of Rooney? Um, Because we haven't already had a 20-minute conversation before. We (laughs) We totally haven't already had a a, a 20-minute conversation. I have new internet, which... um, (laughs) It's fucking up already. Which is fucking up already. Yeah, it was super fast until today when it suddenly decided, (coughs) oh, wait, you're you're doing something you actually want to do. Nah, not having that. And it's decided to be really, really shit. So uh, I could end up spending a long time editing this episode to... uh, take out bits where the conversation freezes or I just drop out entirely. So, you know, pray to the technological gods for me, people. Do you think any of the listeners care how long you have to edit? No. No, they don't. Yeah, there's I only one person that cares how long I have to edit, and that's me. <laughs> that's because I have to do it. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Amy and Cody care because it's no, like don't. it's their bonus time about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't even get that because most of the time I do it while I'm supposed to be working. the the joys of working from home (laughs) i can have it running in the background because i know basically what we've done already it's only things that like sound really bad you ask me to remove or you know just just a clear fuck-ups that i actually have to stop what i'm doing to then go and edit it but yeah most of the time i just listen back to it and i already know when i say really fucked up things i don't mean and I'll text you and I'm like, oh, can you take the I've just remembered I said this, can you take it out? Yeah. I need to remember going forward that I said I didn't just say these things once. No. I said them twice. Yes, you did. Uh, you take out one and then I and then the, the, the day the episode comes out, I'm texting and you're like, Motherfucker, I asked you to take this out. But you're still in there and you're like, No, I did no, take not. it out. I took it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For 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 clarification listeners, um he said something last week. Not once, but twice, <laughs> which I thought at the time was a little bit, are you sure you want to be saying that? But I figured, you know, he said it fair enough. He then texted me like whilst I was editing to say, hey, can you take, I said something like this. Can you take it out? I said, like, yeah, sure. I already knew where it was because it was only about 20 minutes before where I was currently at the editing. So I finished it, went back, edited it. Then the episode went live. And as you may have seen, there <laughs> were some technical difficulties, Oh um, yeah. <laughs> which again, he was like, yeah, no, there's just big, there's a big block of silence where there should be some yeah. music. And you didn't take out that bit that I asked you to take out. And I was like, the fuck? Yes, I did. And then obviously going back and re-listening to it to fix the bits that were broken. I realized he'd said it twice. <laughs> I can't help it. Like at this point, even I don't know what, what bits of what I'm saying is real. And what bits I'm just making up on the spot. 
that some things just sound funny to me until I realise that they involve other people and there's repercussions that I don't want to deal with. So I ask you to take them out. But yeah, sometimes I even do it. You know. Yeah. To be fair, usually I take them out. It's usually you when you say in the episode, "No, you can cut this bit out." Yeah. I usually you just ignore that and leave it in. <laughs> it's only when you message me afterwards when you've had time to think. That's when I remove it because that's when yeah. I know it's genuinely serious rather it's than not, it's not me making like I just out with my dog as a Nazi. Please cut it out. Please cut it out. <laughs> no. no, Pops is out there for the whole world to see now. <laughs> Nazi, Nazi dog. Nazi dog. Um, right, both, one... You laugh. There's a guy in Scotland a few years ago who um, his girlfriend had, I think it was a pug. It was either a pug or it was a. I can't. I'll just say pug for now because I can't yeah. remember the name of the other one, the other breed. Um, and his girlfriend kept going on and on about how cute it was. So <laughs> he taught it every time he said something like um, "see cow," the dog would do the. Oh the my god! And then he recorded it, put it on the internet because he thought it was funny. Ended up going to prison. So. <laughs> And ridiculous at the yeah, same time. Yes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hate crimes. So I, I am joking when I say my dog's a Nazi. She um, does do the leg thing, but she's got no concept of what of socialism or the Nazi, no, she's the Third Reich, dog. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> because obviously she's a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We well, you know that, but apparently the Scottish police force does. I suppose it's, I suppose it's, it's different. If, world, it's different if you train an animal to do something like that, because that is technically a hate crime. But if it just does it on its own, well, I mean, <laughs> she's just stretching. And, and, and you I'm think she's stretching. a fascist. I'm stretching for an explanation as to what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, giving it fascist overtones. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got some stuff to talk about this week. I actually got some stuff to talk about. Firstly, the minor one. We're gonna we're gonna start with the small. We're gonna big to the to the big to the build to the big build to Jesus. the big. That makes more sense rather than big to the build. Right. Yeah. Let me drink some coffee because I'm clearly not awake. Oh, that that would definitely help. Yeah. Right. So we will start with the small one. The small one. I'm, I've got to stop clapping. I'm coming out. <laughs> sorry, I'm coming out of musical retirement. Oh God. I was in musical retirement for 48 hours. And- <laughs> <laughs> until I until I, I came up with a name for an EP. So I decided <laughs> I should come out of retirement and make that EP because the world needs it. So at the moment, I'm currently working on my debut EP, which will be called Hold Music for the Ute Dem. <laughs> Hold Music for the, for the Ute, Ute Dem. Dem. Yeah, Hold Music for the Ute Dem can be played in a lift and in a trap. And not be out of place anymore. Wait, wait, what's a trap? I mean, I know several definitions of the word trap, but I don't think any of them no. are what you're referring to. No, it's not what you are on Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> the trap is the abandoned, rundown house that drug dealers take over to sell their drugs out of. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, whole music for the Ute Dem. Let's try this again. Whole music for the Ute Dem would be equally at home in a lift and in the trap <laughs> see now that makes more sense i mean i'm gonna take for a given uh, value of sense <laughs> i'm gonna take all them elements of whole music that you that you we all know and love and combine them with, with the um the rhythms and the sounds of drill and grime music so we can bring the two worlds together and the ute dem can love it 
at the risk of outing myself here as someone who is terminally unaware of what phrases mean, what is drill music? <laughs> um, it's like English gangster rap. Why is it called drill music? Are they all dentists? Because drilling means shooting at people. To do a drilling means you've gone and shot at someone. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I know I'm going to sound like a curmudgeonly old man, but what the fuck, young people? Jesus H. Uh, I'm not even going Times there. are tough out there. People can't get normal jobs. A lot more people are uh, finding themselves in the trap. I don't care about that. I'm just talking about the language. Oh, the language? Oh, you're I drug dealer by all means, but for fuck's yeah. sake. Learn how to speak English, Jesus. Yes, poison the youth, baby. Speak the Queen's English while you're doing it, motherfucker. Speak the Queen's English while you're doing it. I haven't. It's about. It's about respect, self-respect more than anything else. Self-respect. Jesus. <laughs> Says the man that's a trap on a Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a trap. Nobody. I don't trap anyone. Nobody falls for it. <laughs> it's just you know. You're a slightly overweight man in a dress. Why are you on fucking Grindr. chat roulette? <laughs> <Grindr>. <laughs> You know, when every time you sit on a pod and you're like, yeah, me and my new gaming group play games on a Saturday night. <laughs> I, I see right through that. Yeah. I, knew you, I know it's really just a prostitution ring it's... that uses you on a Saturday night to make a bit of extra money. Oh, I wish. That would, <laughs> that would pay for my new jacket I've just ordered. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone what it is, but it does relate to a previous episode where we discussed uh, me doing this. I was about to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm going to reveal it and I'll take photos for the socials. <laughs> so, if senorita is the Spanish term for a female, what's the yeah. Japanese term for a female? Um, tentacle lover. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to write jokes for like six episodes' time when it turns up and you can. When it turns up, just yeah. Google is your friend and you know you can use it whilst not on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a Japanophile, so I thought you'd be able to tell me. I am, but as I as I revealed last week, <laughs> <laughs> my my mastery of the uh, Japanese language leaves something to be desired. <laughs> Unless you want me to fetch your car- fetch your carpet slippers, in which case, you know, I can tell you. Ah, swipper, ah, swipper, <laughs> swipper. <laughs> so I'm hoping to release my debut EP towards the end of the summer, um, and. I'm, I don't know how to master. So if any of my friends know how to like do mastering and stuff, um, I'd be very happy if you did it for me. Hey, uh, mate's rate. What? You... <laughs> Are you going for mates rate? So, I, I was I building up to the punchline and then you cut me off. I was like, I'm spitting it out. I'm spitting it out. No, ask, uh, um, ask Rosie. He's, he's, he's down for mates rates, I hear. Yeah, he's yeah. a big fan of giving uh, discounts to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's your name at your point. That's your name. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, deep breath. Use your words. Use your big boy that words. That's the name of your Saturday night pimp ring, isn't it? Mates rates. <laughs> mates rates. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't get get told to shut up in a mix. I've just remember. I just realised I've left the door open, oh, and no. I've got I've got my headphones on, and apparently I get much louder when I'm using these headphones because I can't hear myself. Yeah. So I just end up shouting. So I know it's going to come. You should go and shut the door because the, the next conversation's a bit more risque than. I'll go and shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> the door was closed. The door was closed. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a reference that only one person in the world, two people in the world, will get one we don't like, and one doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Fucking in uh, jokes, mate. We love them. <laughs> in jokes. Do you know the? the the thing is, the one we don't like probably does listen. 
Actually, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. He's yeah. probably that one on that, that Creeper account you've got yeah, on your fucking yeah. Insta. That's him. Lewis, 6160. He's a Randy lover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so come on. What's this inappropriate conversation right. that's going to get me so, told by my fiance? <laughs> it's no, it's, it's the, the part of this conversation could become risque. Of course it will. Um, of course it will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you listened to any of our episodes? Okay, we are filth monkeys. Well, apparently not, right? Because oh. apparently we made a joke about, ha oh, ha let's make Tudrick great again. And then suddenly the world jumped on it and was like, yes, please make Tudrick great again. Please, <laughs> please bring back the font. Dragon emoji. Please. <laughs> and that's left me with a complex. A complex that is that takes up, that I've been obsessing about, and that's really kind of consumed have a hobby. every part of my life. This complex of, I didn't realise Tudrick wasn't great anymore. <laughs> but how do we make it great again well i mean this is my podcast i enjoy it if you don't then fuck off that's, no, that's, what, that's that. my message that's my message to the listeners you don't like it nobody's forcing you to listen <laughs> when, when our day ones are like yes please please make it fun again dragon emoji you know <laughs> you know we've really got to do something so what i've decided is the next six months or less if I come up with less ideas. The next <laughs> indeterminate in amount of time is going to be is going to be we're going to be on a campaign to make Tudrick great again. I'm not just going to. It's going to be more than me just posting the cryptic thing that no one understands what it means except you and me. This this is going to be a proper campaign to make Tudrick great again. Okay. So I was awesome. thinking back to the glory days and I was thinking, oh, God. What, what happened in the glory days? We were trying to better ourselves and I was coming up with cool, fascinating, worthwhile ideas to, for us to try and better ourselves. No, no. What actually happened is you had some kind of fucking psychotic episode. You had like a psychotic <laughs> break or something and devolved into this weird fetishy fantasy world for like about six months. And and then you kind of come out the other side, and everyone's like, "No, no, we much prefer it when Reggie is having a breakdown on yeah. on your episodes. We want to hear his psychoses. Yeah. That's what happened." <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's healthy. He's in a better place now. Boring. Boring. One star. Would not listen to again. Don't worry. We're going back to my fantasy world today. Oh, giddy. Kind of thought about it, and I thought, you know, dragon emoji. This person I'm not going to name clearly like her. You're going to give dragon emoji a complex at this rate. <laughs> dragon emoji, I won't name her. Um, I mean, I fairly certainly did last episode. Yeah, <laughs> we did actually call her out on this. So yeah, but for the people that didn't listen last week, but are listening this week, they'll never know. Well, they should stop um, the episode, and go back to last week, and listen to it to boost our numbers. So I kind of thought, oh, dragon dildo. She must be into the the, the dildo talk. So. <laughs> Man, that is a stretch. <laughs> it's exactly what she said. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> guys, I think I broke uh, Reggie. <laughs> his face is the same color as his walls right now. It's just glowing red color. <laughs> I broke myself. Man, that's a stretch. The name of your Saturday Night Pit group. Um, um, where was I? Yeah, so. I don't know why I started accusing <laughs> Dragon Emoji of being into dildos. That, that was not planned. <laughs> but anyway, 
So but anyway, it was on the back of the episode where we talked about the dragon dildos. Yes. And I was really happy. I thought, yes, it's a fun episode. People seem to be loving it again. But then I got dejected and disillusioned at the fact that I had to kind of make up brand work in order for us to talk about it. Like, no one's coming to us with brand work. I had to make that shit up. Jeez, I can't imagine why. So, step one in the campaign to make Touchy great again. Oh, God. We're going to get ourselves aligned with some brands. I've got a few ideas. Got a few ideas brands that we can work with and things that we can kind of bring out into the world to get our name out there to get us a bit more of a following to make you know make touchy the monster deserves to be (laughs) make it the monster strong it deserves to be yeah Yeah. with you so far so my first idea right (laughs) i'm gonna resurrect the touchy porn film fuck (sighs) until the joy is gone (laughs) we're gonna do it in association with Pornhub. I mean, we've been talking about them recently. It's not too much of a stretch to say that we could create Pornhub content every week. We could... To be fair, there, there, there are several companies who should probably be paying us for the amount that we, we name drop them, and Pornhub is up there. Pornhub, <laughs> Bad, Bad Dragon, Dragon and Robinson. <laughs> Merkin Makers. Um, <laughs> lots of people. <laughs> but yeah, I thought in association with Pornhub, we could, we could finally get Fuck Until the Joy is Gone on the road and once it's like obviously once we've made it we'll leak it in inverted commas on Pornhub and yeah straight to Pornhub straight to video straight to DVD straight to Pornhub we'll leak it on there they'll get all the hits and stuff and then they'll just pay us a fee for our work I'm thinking I'm thinking it might be a good idea to hold off on that for about six months because at the moment thanks to lockdown and everything um Dirty old men in pubs aren't going to be able to sell copies of that video to um, uh, uh. other people, you see, because they can't go to the pubs. Oh, that's good news for you, right? Because originally, obviously, I was the writer-director. <laughs> but as I kind of, <laughs> as I came out from behind the curtain and I told everyone the truth the other week that I don't like blowjobs, I only like sex in a missionary position. I'm not into all these exotic... <laughs> sex positions like you know cowgirl and doggy and all this weird perverted stuff you <laughs> so i kind of felt like i've seen some of the stuff on Pornhub. we're gonna be need to be really nasty if we're gonna get them clicks and them views and i'm not the person to you know to create that nasty narrative <laughs> but you are <laughs> so you've just got yourself a promotion you've got you've got six months to write kind of figure out how you're going to direct fuck until the joy is gone oh. <laughs> i'm going to be producer it's going to be my job to, to, to make sure that 50 percent of, of the screen at all times is taken up with touching memorabilia and the other <laughs> the free space is taken up by the like Pornhub t-shirts and the Pornhub oh, logo. Is this why you were so excited to see all the new merch I've come up with? Because now yeah. we can we can have all of our actors, you know, wearing yeah. it and we can slap touching stickers on their arse cheeks and yeah. I see. I did wonder. Brandon. <laughs> I mean if we if we reach out to a household name from perverts around the world. Fairly certain if we reach out to some some specialist places we can get actual touching brands made. <laughs> you know like cattle brands. For, listen for the real hardcore fans. Listen, Space Monkey One, Lou, doing us, you know, 
a big favour by being the lead in this film. I think it might Does be pushing that? it a bit. Yeah, he agreed to it. I think it might be pushing it a bit too far if we brand him. Okay, okay. Before yeah, that's he, fair, that's fair he enough, does his. Yeah. Plus, if he we get, gets we like, get stunt double for that. Yeah. Willock. Willock. Yeah. Well, well, dear Willock, you are lose stunt double <laughs> in our porn film. You will be getting branded on at least one arse cheek. Yeah. Tell your loved ones. <laughs> Buy extra Savlon. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on sitting down for about oh, three weeks. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, like, you don't seem to have many complaints other than, like, we we need to leave it six months. So, this is a go, right? We can resurrect the porn film. We can, I can reach out to porn up, see if they're, they're willing to, you know, do this deal, help us leak it, help us make <laughs> them. They can but, keep all the ad revenue. We just want to, like, you know, it's marketing really for we're, us. We're doing this for exposure. Yeah. yeah lots of exposure. <laughs> lots of exposure. Exposure of Taji and Lou. I suppose, yeah, if we've got if we've got Lou um as the as the male lead in this, uh, we can get a little bit of we can get some masks and get some knife yeah. play in there. Yeah, see I love it. You're brainstorming storming narratives already. already. I mean I will I will also say that I have worked with you on a lot of creative projects <laughs> over the years. I know that your enthusiasm for this project will burn out long before the six month deadline. You know, three weeks from now, if I come back to you about this, you're like, no, 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 no. We've given up on that. It's all about the uh, Touch Jig space program now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't that think was a I light could, bulb moment. I didn't think I could email Elon. We could be the first the first podcast on Mars. <laughs> the first podcast to record on Mars. Does Perseverance have like a speaker on it? Because I know they can communicate with it. So they could just download like sound clips of us. Just one of our introductions, just introducing yeah. us to Mars. Hello, Martians. We come in peace. Yeah, Do you know like... what a prolapse is? Yeah, yeah, like... Lads, lads, cancel the invasion. Cancel. <laughs> yeah. Women get plastic, attach it to their crotches and fuck the men. Stop it. We're we don't not invaded. Want to go there. Cut yeah. it off. We'll go back this... to Neptune. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know if they're men or women, it doesn't matter there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we we uh, can't handle gender fluidity with Martians. I'm gonna have to look into this. The first podcast to record on Mars. Oh my god. That please, would please email on... Elon Musk because that will be hilarious. Even if you just get a, a rejection, you know, just the fact that I, that, I will plaster that across social media. I, I will plaster that on my car and my house. You know, Hi, uh, Elon. Musk. My name's Reggie. You probably know me from the uh, the global hit podcast, Touching. We were... <laughs> <laughs> Whilst we are in pre-production on our homemade porn film, Fuck Until the Joy is Gone, we would like to also become the first podcast to, um, to record an episode on Mars. Can you hook us up, please? Can you hook us up? Failing that, can you send me one of them cool electric convertibles that you put in space? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be the one you sent to space because, you know, that's in space. <laughs> Either way, your kid's name's not ridiculous and we're big fans. Big so... fans of Pi Gamma Theta or whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so so we now have four. Four branding ideas. Four one, branding ideas. One I'm going to be before. I'm going to be checking the email account, okay? And if I don't see a sent email to uh, to Pornhub and fucking Elon Musk within the next week, 
I will not be a happy bunny. Alright, I will I will do it. I will do make this, sure because I, if, like I said, even if we get rejections, it will be hilarious. You may get a text at some point like, help me, I can't find the email addresses for Paul Narbori or Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mates rates. And then <laughs> and then you might have to do some IT work for me. But I will <laughs> I will email them for the good of the pod. Right, I was also thinking, now we've got them two squared away. <laughs> thinking we could work with, with putting it we could work with waterstones now it's very what? simple right waterstones the bookshop yeah yeah i'm just thinking how does our ridiculous podcast benefit waterstones in any way listen i'm thinking about it right that worries me once a month like when you start thinking about things <laughs> <laughs> once a <laughs> Because you start having <laughs> ideas, and then you share those ideas with me and everyone else. Oh, my, this is the serious one. Uh, <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, we have a book club once a month, right, where we talk predominantly about a book. Yes. We also talk about books and reading on other episodes, and it wouldn't be... The listeners wouldn't be able to kind of spot us shoehorning things in if we just suddenly bring up, oh, I got this book the other day. It's really good. You should try it out and we have a conversation about it. Uh, it wouldn't be too hard for us to go as far as to add in comments like, yeah, mate, the water, have you been on the Water Signs website? It is fucking great. The, the range, the, <laughs> the, 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 decent like you know well priced it's not too overpriced they get stuff delivered to you really quickly we could do that twice a month and all i'm asking for in reply for us talking about them twice a month on two two different episodes is 50 pounds worth of book vouchers each for you and me i mean actually that that's a pretty good turnaround yeah for, uh, assuming for the numbers that we're seeing in our in our analytics are actually accurate that is a fairly good return on investment <laughs> i think so right i think we could get free books every month and then you know shoot on in some adverts for waterstones obviously we're gonna have to once they agree we're gonna have to go back and cut this part out of this episode <laughs> so new listeners might know they're being played but i'm pretty sure we could do that so you're suggesting we become corporate shills for 50 pound a month in book vouchers i'm never paying for a book again i mean that is the nerdiest <laughs> The nerdiest sellout I've ever heard, but yeah, I was trying to. I was. I maybe should have started with this one before you're the, the right director of fucking till the joy is gone, because uh, I'm buttering you up after I've <laughs> I've given you a job. You were buying the lube after I've been yeah. penetrated. It's a little bit. It's the wrong way round. <laughs> it stings now because you're already sore before it. Maybe goes this, this this is why you're not a success with the ladies. You, you've been yeah. doing it wrong. You're wet. Oh, I'll wait until you dry off a little bit because. Yeah. Uh, the abrasion, ah, right? Ah, your pussy's white. Ah, I'm gonna stick it in your ass. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> All right, your ass is dry. Lay back and think of England. <laughs> Bite the pillow. <laughs> Hashtag make touching great again. So, <laughs> yeah, we're doing this for you guys. You better appreciate yeah. this. Also, new listeners, hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> we had another. <laughs> Did I tell you we had another weird spike in uh-huh. in in like it was sixty something from I think it was from Germany again. Just again, just like not not on a release day or anything. Just another really random spike, like about six days after the last one. I was just uh-huh. like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm gonna have to start cutting the Nazi conversations out, aren't I? 
No, clearly they like it. <laughs> I mean, it may not be appealing to a demographic we necessarily want to be appealing to, but, you know, I'll There's take it. There's one beer hall in Berlin where everybody meets on a Wednesday night to listen to Tatric. Yeah, there's one beer hall where they're just streaming us and they all go home and download their own copies. They all sat there like a silent disco. They all just sat there with their headphones on, streaming it with their phones, just like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, this is good, yeah. <laughs> and there's one guy with a terrible tash and it just stands on his chair and watches everyone and conducts it. <laughs> like an orator. Uh, he's got his Nazi Father Christmas sat at the back ready for the festive period. Yeah. <laughs> World War Three was started not by a country. By, by a podcast, by a podcast, riled up about pegging. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, the pegging talk. You've seen them German videos on 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 Pornhub. I mean, that's they a big assumption. A of... It's not really. It's a perfectly legitimate assumption. And uh, yes, I have seen some of them. Um, they love it. Yeah, maybe, the yeah. They they are big on pegging. So I've heard. So so the internet would have us believe they are they are big into that sort of thing. So you know. I keep trying. I've I I found my place on the internet, by the way. Oh fuck! Revelation. Yeah. Found my place. Expect and the last place I would ever look, Facebook. What? I found Have myself. you joined some like niche Facebook group? Yes. Oh, well, it's God. not niche. It's quite. It's, there's a couple of thousand people on it, and I am finally one. Oh, you ants. joined one of the ant colony groups. <laughs> I did. I have joined the ant hill, motherfucker, and I am in. <laughs> For the Queen. Yes. I <laughs> before I walk on queue, hashtag the Queen. Um I yeah, I I found my people, I found my place, and I keep pushing Tatrick on them. So every time you you uh you're like we had a spike, I'm like, please be the ants. Please be the please ant people. Be the ant. Please be the ant. I mean it could be the ant people to be fair. Uh, the ants were making the were too, too busy this week making the space monkeys look like fucking amateurs by getting uh Brady TSD trending on on Twitter. So <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna make Touchy great again, then the Space Monkeys really need to look in the mirror and see if they can make themselves great they again. To, because they need, they need to pull the uh, silicone dragon dildos out of their asses. Yeah. And get <laughs> <laughs> because we're not we've not trended anywhere, and if the ants can do it, the Space Monkeys can do it. Don't make yourselves look like chumps. <laughs> Don't be outdone by the ants. Me and my fellow ants. I have. Interestingly, um, I, I got a, a message on Facebook the other day um, from some, some chap who does like uh, he specializes in marketing podcasts and, and, oh, okay. and shit. And I was like, he's like, yeah, okay, come join this group, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Kept like a purpose of nothing. So I was like, yeah, right, I'll join. So I joined it and, uh, you know, they're, they're the thing, you know, what's your, who are you? What's your podcast about? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I dropped our podcast in there, and I was starting to wonder if maybe that's where some of the spikes have got have come from. Yeah, from this group because there's a lot of people in there. There's a lot of people asking for guests, but then they seem to be asking for like very or, or they're volunteering to be guests. It's like, yeah, my so my specialist subjects are the entomology of uh, flying ants, yeah. uh, uses of the letter Q in the Japanese language, and uh, toenails. So if anyone wants me on their podcast, uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm accepting invitations, and it's like my guy. When no. I was in the, uh, <laughs> when I was a part of that UK podcaster group, it was constantly people like, I want to be a guest on some podcasts. I've never podcasted before. My interests are, and it would just be a bunch of stuff that. Motherfucker, like, try having your own podcast, learning what podcasting's about, then maybe be a guest, but. Contact a podcast if you want to get on a podcast 
unless they're desperate like us. Uh, did I say desperate? I, I mean, unless they're open-minded like us. Listen, um, <laughs> I'd sit down with any of the space monkeys. Outside of that, you've got to go some to get on this pod. Oh, you really haven't. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, for you, you have, for yeah, you. You know, I, I effectively run the show, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've completely, I've lost my train of thought well, now. Oh, yeah, good, but because I've find still, a I've podcast. I still got a branding idea that we only need to oh, cover it, but ca- you carry on. I was hoping I could derail you enough that you would forget them. No, no. Oh, come on, come on, because we're 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 pushing forty minutes no, in already. You finish your thought, and then I'll go back, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Um. Fight. Yeah. If you want to be on a podcast, you know, mm. don't just throw it out there, going, "Hey, look, these are things I'm interested in." You know, find a podcast that talks about something you're interested in, and then contact them and say, "Hey, I see you do this." This is something I'm knowledgeable on. And then give them proof that you're knowledgeable on it. Like, you know, your own podcast or a blog post or some kind of published article or something to prove that you're not just some twat who's just going to go on there and go, I, I like uh, uh, football. I like it when they kick it that way and then they kick it back and it's good. You know, is, is, this, your, is this your way of trying to attract femdoms and other <laughs> sissy femmes to DM us with pictures of them femdoming or being sissy femmes? Well, I figured, you know, you're 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 a lonely, lonely man. You need something oh, to warm me. you on those cold spring nights. So, oh, I have plenty going on. I have my sex ring on the Saturday night. You know, <laughs> yeah, you I've got enough going on, mate. I don't need any more of that. But you, I figured, you know, I figured we should do like an, a touching community outreach. People send him inappropriate pictures. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, indeterminate, animal, vegetable, or mineral. He'll he'll take it all. Just send it all to me. Reggie Solo on Instagram. <laughs> I'm in the Notorious R.E. No, why am I helping you? <laughs> the Notorious R.E.G. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently going through a phase of, of being into non-binary. So, <laughs> the more than Well, I suppose that's great because, you know, if they're androgynous enough, it's like a surprise. You don't know. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Did you get home and unwrap it? Oh. <laughs> it's even the best or the worst present you ever got in it. Hey man, oh. if you're open-minded enough, there are no losers. <laughs> it's in Forrest Gump where he's like, I got this hooker and took her back. I, I got down there and realized she had a penis, and they're like, "What did you do?" He's like, oh, "I flipped it over and fucked it." <laughs> Sure, that's Forrest Gump. I don't know if it was Forrest. <laughs> I, I, I know Maybe I've just ruined Forrest Gump for everyone. But yeah. <laughs> right. Um, my third and final brand idea. Oh, yeah. There's this rapper I really like. His name's Action Bronson. And he's Wait, got like wasn't a... that a character from fucking Dexter's Lab. Probably. He's pretty cool. Oh, no, that was Action Hank. Oh, okay. Action Bronson. He's, um, <laughs> He's got like a, a bunch of TV shows, right? He's got this, my favorite, one of my absolute favorite cooking, well, not cooking, but food shows ever, where him and his mates basically just get, him, the alchemist, the producer, and some of their friends just get stoned and go to places and eat food. It's called, <laughs> and it's got the best title ever. It's called Fuck, That's Delicious. It's brilliant. He's got this other show called The Untitled Action Bronson Show, which is just the most beautiful chaos you've ever seen on screen. But, <laughs> Most importantly, he's got this other show on Vice, who I'm suggesting that we work with. And I'm just going to double check the name because I was calling it something else. It's called 
Traveling to the Stars, Action Bronson and Friends Watch Ancient Aliens. Listen to the synopsis, right? <laughs> there, there are two things in particular that rapper Action Bronson enjoys doing in his spare time. Watching the TV show Ancient Aliens and smoking marijuana. This series combines those two passions. <laughs> Filming Bronson as he watches and comments on memorable Ancient Aliens episodes with his producers, friends and special guests. Bronson and his cohorts are sure to have some interesting reactions to the theories and the episodes they watch because they're stoned. <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that that we get stoned and watch Ancient Aliens because obviously that's already been done and I'm kicking myself for not oh, coming up man. with that idea before. Because I've seen that, I watched it on YouTube. It's basically they sit at a table in front of a green screen. They, they play Ancient Aliens on the green screen and then they all just talk shit to each other. It's brilliant. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is we work with Vice and we start our own show called Touching Talks Conspiracies. And basically it'll just be us on the table we'll get one of them spotlights like they have in light interrogation rooms over the table <laughs> you'll be sat one side i'll sit the other and i'll try and sell you on on conspiracies every week and then you'll just give everyone the same reaction to conspiracies you give on touching which is just abusive <laughs> i whilst i like the idea of the format i don't think we're edgy enough to to work with Vice. oh come on we'll dress you up like a girl and why is he always dressing me up like a girl? Seriously, you need to stop projecting, mate. Like, buy a fucking dress and some stockings and just get it over with. Honestly, liberating. <laughs> the, the fresh air around your ghoulies. It's, it's <laughs> inimitable. <laughs> you sound like someone is talking from experience. Um... <laughs> I'm not going to say I've never worn a dress, because that would be a lie. In fact, you were there. Yeah, many <laughs> times. Time I, wore, I wore a dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't worry you wearing a dress comes up in next week's uh, intro so fantastic <laughs> another is... way of us getting some notoriety um, but yeah I'm, I'm thinking touching talks conspiracies and we basically I come across as like a believer and real passionate about these conspiracies being true you just bad mouth conspiracies conspiracy theorists and everything that way the conspiracy <laughs> community will love me and they'll hate you. It's everything they could ever want from watching TV. I, they get angry at you and then they go, oh, but... Do I want to get a legion of, of tinfoil hat-wearing lunatics angry at me? Because that sounds like it could go badly. I'll wear a tinfoil hat. Who cares about you? This sounds like a you problem. This is about touching and making it great again. <laughs> Motherfucker, I am touching. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your place down in the in the 13th level of hell, yeah? <laughs> I am the Alpha and the Omega. I want to say, like, I've got three good brand ideas here, and you've bought nothing, yet you, you want to sit there and mock me and tell Hang me that my ideas aren't going to work. Your brand ideas are, hey, Rooney, do this for brand one. Hey, Rooney, do this for brand two. Hey, Rooney, get yourself lynched for brand three. So... Although they're your ideas, it's me that has to do the legwork on all of them. As we've discussed numerous times, I'm a fucking loser. You're not, right? I'm an ideas person. You can execute <laughs> ideas because you're not a loser. I'll fucking execute something in a minute. This is the perfect style. 
Gangnam Style. You're gonna dance. Gangland Style. You bell end. Not Gangnam Style. You don't execute. Ex- <laughs> imagine executing someone. Gang Gangnam Style. You just they have to do the dance until they collapse. I don't know. I just thought you were gonna like do the dance on my face or something until I just my skull. Well, you probably crushed. enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have more ridiculousness? No. This is, this is not ridiculousness. Stop mocking me. This is a these are well thought out ideas for us to <laughs> build the brand and make ourselves great again. So I love how I spend my time between episodes. You know, when I'm not editing, actually, you know, spreading word of it. I've, I've done merch. I've got various things out there in the wild on the social medias and whatnot. I'm out there monitoring analytics, seeing where we should be targeting our episodes. You come in and say, yeah, you need to write a porno with Lou in it. <laughs> and yet you're the one doing with the well thought out ideas, doing all the work. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. You're you may stop drinking you all your time thinking inside the box. What would I do if I was a corporate entity and I was trying to do... No! Get out of the box, motherfucker! Get out of the box! Stop I like thinking. the box. It gives me safety. keeps Stop me warm and dry. Tent. Use the other 90% of your brain, the bit that, like, you know, will get us noticed. I can't. That 90% of my brain is used for storing the, the instructions for gilding, building Gundam model kits. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going to get us on the news? Podcast does... Whatever other pod, other podcast does gains a couple of extra <laughs> listeners, or podcast makes its own porn, porn film starring one of its listeners. <laughs> and I mean, shockingly, there's no pegging in it. Either that's going to get us on the news. Uh, both of them probably at this point stand an equal chance, considering it's going to be yeah, we made a porn film. Yeah, I filmed it on my Samson. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. How did you edit it? Oh, we didn't edit it. No, no, we just went for it. I applied the dog filter on everyone. We need to. <laughs> oh my god, we need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do at least at least to be at least three scenes where neither of the the protagonists uh, we can't see their faces because apparently that's all cool with the kids now. No face, oh, no yeah. case is, is, is where it's at. No face. Yeah. What so no face. You've got to build at least three scenes of no faces into into your script when you do that. What I'm, what, what I'm thinking I might do, actually, is a, there's, a, there's a tie-in peripheral market here that we can tap into. And basically, what you do is you film the whole thing in portrait mode on a phone with the, the actor or actress's head right at the top of where the phone screen is. And then you set a peripheral that clips onto your phone into which you can insert a photo of your favorite, you know, celebrity or whatever. So that you can imagine that that no-face person has the face which is on top of your phone screen. Perfect. Getting into the peripheral market here. Sorry, sorry, I I got stopped when you said buy-in second, like second market kind of buy-in because I've done it. I've figured it out. <laughs> we have a scene where Lou gets destroyed by a dragon dildo. Then bad dragon, a guy come again, bold right. How did it take you that long to come up with that idea? I assumed that was built, that was baked into the whole plan that there'd be bad dragon everywhere. No, because I, because I can't, because as you, as you mentioned earlier, bad dragon was a couple of weeks ago, and I got bored with that. And I, uh, that. I come onto this program with well thought out marketing plans to get us famous. Oh, but hang on a minute, I didn't think of this basic thing. That should no, no, you're a disappointment. You bring dishonor no. to me, to your house, to my podcast. Stop being dishonourable. 
death before dishonor. <laughs> he's he's threateningly posing with an acoustic guitar now, guys. I don't have a sword, but that was a segue into today's episode. Huzzah! <laughs> Thank fuck for that. What? So come on. Do you not want to? Do you not want people to like our podcast? Because I was quite happy just talking about what TV shows we watch, and just. <laughs> I was quite happy being like, this week I watched X-Files, last week I watched Hellier. I, I was quite happy I do doing have that. to say. Until people wanted the fun. <laughs> to come back. I do have to say, um, last week's episode is one of them, is probably the most fun I've had recording an episode since I got drunk at Christmas. Really? <laughs> yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed last week's episode. <laughs> I don't remember I even enjoyed it back to it. It was the one before that I enjoyed. I... I enjoyed once we got on, once I decided that Bad Dragon was going to be the intro, the rest of the episode was just fun. Last week, <laughs> I kind of it was fun to listen back to, but right up until we were, we started recording, I was like, I don't have anything for an intro. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that good, so that's why I doubled down this week and. That's okay. Intro. I'm I'm not going to point out the fact that you were supposed to do the intro this week in Polish. Um, I'm going to let that slide. I did think about it, but I was too busy trying to get a book vouchers for. Too busy thinking war, about the, the bad dragon of Ipositor. Um Oh, did you go on and learn names, did you? I didn't have to, okay, because my fiance did. <laughs> Apparently, this is something that her and her streaming friends relatively frequently talk about, as I discovered yesterday. What? Bad um, dragon or you? Are yeah, bad dragon. and no, just bad dragon. Apparently, it's something that relatively frequently comes up in conversation because they think it's hilarious. And they've all been on there and looked at, like, reviews and things like that for them. So I'm half expecting to get a uh, conspicuous package arrive through the door with Amy's name on it. (laughs) Uh, Just, like, gushing everywhere. Like, Rooney, 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 you're in for a good night tonight. (laughs) You're in for a treat. (laughs) I I I haven't pulled fake calm. This is going to be brilliant. I've said it before, but it blows my mind that you can literally yeah. go to a website and buy fake sperm. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, right, go on. Are you going to tell our probably somewhat disturbed listeners what what we're talking about this week? Firstly, they're the ones that wanted the fun ball back. Yeah, Second true. Week. They brought this on themselves. This week, we watched... Hmm, I'm probably gonna gonna aggravate a few people on the internet when I say this, but um, the best Kong film ever made, Kong Skull Island. I mean, I haven't seen that many Kong movies, but of the ones I've seen, this is the best. Yeah. So, <laughs> Peter Jackson, <laughs> I, I have spent so about eight hundred million and five hours telling us a King Kong story, but this is far better. Yeah, nobody cared about that because it was boring as fuck. Um, you can't do, do a Tolkien Kong. It just doesn't work. I um, I remember we all went to watch it one Christmas after we'd been to Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember falling asleep after 45 minutes. Yeah, it was not great. It yeah. was not great at all. <laughs> Darkness, too much pizza, and um, a film that took about three hours before Kong even showed up was not <laughs> going to keep me awake. <laughs> No, it wasn't a winning combination. No. <clears throat> okay, well, I have some trivia. Um, I don't. Ha- I, will le- I will tell you now. The the alternate casting choices were slim for this. 
okay. exceedingly so. Um, There's one and... name I'm looking for. There's one name I'm looking for. And I'll explain it later when I get to okay. my note on it. But it, yeah, I'll let you know if it comes up. I, I also don't have a body count either. I couldn't what? find a reliable body count. I know, I know. I couldn't find a reliable body count for it. So I decided rather than just like fabricating it or giving shoddy information, because I got called out on Twitter by one of our listeners Did for you? some mistakes I made in the Dread episode. Was this William or was it? This this was indeed. Um, I invited him to give us feedback on it because well, he, he tweeted that he was listening to it. And uh, yeah, I, I made mistakes. Uh, Drock was on a backpack, not on a coat. And it was Stern Hammer in ABC Warriors rather than Stern Wolf in whatever I said it was. So uh, there we go. Correcting my mistake. And unlike certain tabloid newspapers, I didn't do it in a tiny little section of <laughs> you know, two-point font on the back pages. I actually did you it should, here where everyone's listening. You should cut that out and do it as a public service announcement before the music comes in on the episode. <laughs> I should. I may do. Really um, just give it anyway. pride of place. Rooney humbling himself for the first time in, in his entire life. <laughs> Depends how busy I am this week. Yeah. Um, so, into my trivia. So, trivia. Uh, blurb. <clears throat> Released February 28th, 2017 in the UK and March the 19th in uh, the US. Well, okay. The same year, obviously. I don't know why there was a difference in date. Maybe Tom Hiddleston just like smouldered at the yeah. release agents or something i don't know <laughs> when did it come out in america is there like a, a special holiday that weekend uh i don't know it was i know they like to release stuff over like bank holiday weekends in america because they get more you get more money yeah it was like what two weeks later three weeks later uh, no i don't i don't know 19th of march uh any american listeners tell us what happens on over that weekend because we don't know um Budget of 185 million US dollars. Box office, 566.7 million US dollars. I mean, what? 467, <laughs> 477, 482 million. Yeah. 482 million. I can't remember names or anything. <laughs> uh, quick math. You can work out profits on, uh, yeah. on, on movies. Yeah. Big, big monies. Yeah. Um, Directed by a person whose name I am going to mangle several times throughout this trivia section. Go. Jordan Vogt Roberts. V- okay. Vogt. V-O-G-T Roberts. I would say that's Vogt. Vogt. I'm going to continue mispronouncing it because I'm, I'm nothing. I'm going to say Roberts and it's a silent G. Vogt Roberts. That would make sense. Yeah. Silent I was going to, again, I was going to look this up, but I ran out of time yesterday because... As I alluded to before this episode, I have been very busy this week. Um, yeah, starring! Carrying, now, I'm not... carrying bags of stones is nothing compared to trying to make Tajik great again. You need to suit your priorities. Eh? And oh. Rooney's sister, stop giving him jobs to do. We're trying to do God's work over here. <laughs> Wait, I am God, so am I trying to do my own work? Because sure. if I'm omnipotent, 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 I don't want to be doing no work. You gotta stop matching me for work rate. <laughs> I I am going to move smoothly on from that. Because if I address it, I may have to drive around to your house and kill you. Um, 
He thinks he's so funny. Oh, <laughs> look at him. Look at his cheerful little face. Cunt. Um, this is the anyway. only time I smile all week. Don't <laughs> take it away from me. Explains why it looks so weird. Um, <laughs> starring. Now, I'm not going to do the entire starring list, which they have on the Wikipedia page, because it's got about like two dozen people on there. And most of them, okay. I don't know who they are. So I've just picked the famous names that I recognised. Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, and Brie Larson, which is, you know, for, for headliners in a film, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. That is, that's not bad at all, is it? <laughs> I mean, that's t- three three quarters of th- that, that cast right there are mm-hmm. basically straight out of the MCU. And yeah. John fucking Goodman. <laughs> no, I will. I would go as far as to say that Hiddleston's on his way to becoming legendary. Samuel Jackson's already legendary. And John Goodman's got to be on the precipice of becoming legendary, right? He's he's, he's pretty fucking legendary already. (laughs) Um, Not a bad lineup for a Kong film. It's not, no. You can see where... film about a giant... You can kind of see where a third of that £185 million budget went, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, when three of your cast, one's John Goodman and the other three have just walked straight out of the MCU. They, yeah. that's, it's the big bucks, you know. It's, it's, it's double, di- double digit millions, not just single digit millions anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Jesus. Uh, it sounds like a bird, but it's a fucking ant. That, the, that entire scene yeah. where Marlowe is talking about that, um, it was an outtake in which John C. Rilo, uh, Riley, who plays Marlowe, was trying to get the cast and crew to laugh by throwing out the most bizarre, outlandish, imaginary monsters he could come up with. Oh, okay. Um, the director uh, decided that it fit with Skull Island's bizarre like ecology and life forms yeah. and decided to keep it in. Um, in a later interview, Vot, 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 Vot Roberts, however the fuck we're going with, Mr. Roberts. said he wants... Mr. Roberts said yeah. he wanted to include the giant ant in a scene in reference to that. But uh, they didn't have the budget for it, probably no. because you know yeah, the MCU. They, yeah. <laughs> so they had to pay like fifteen million per actor. Yeah, they couldn't, so they couldn't, they couldn't quite get, get a giant digital ant. ant. Yeah. <laughs> um, the original cut of the film was over three hours long, featuring a giant snake and uh, more fighting between Marlo and Ikari at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was on the lookout for this after I read this. I was like, that seems an odd thing to do. And I was on the lookout for this. And it is true. Brie Larson also plays one of the natives. When they go to, when they first discover the ruins and they first meet the natives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several of them rush at them with spears. One of them who gets twice, one of them is Brie Larson. Ah. Yeah. And I was just like, that can't be right. And I was like, oh my God, no, there she is. (laughs) Once you know she's there. (laughs) <laughs> is that is that her trying to get a double paycheck or is it her just being like oh just it could be fun just yeah, just dress I, I me assume, up i assume fun. that either that or she's got a thing for full body paint i don't know yeah. but either way yeah she did that which i thought was quite clever because then there's like further back cuts of that scene yeah where you can see her as a native and you can see someone who is clearly supposed to be her in yeah. the group yeah but it can't be because she's going to be one place or the other, which I thought was probably needlessly complicated for the set, uh, for the crew on set. But, you know, <laughs> she wanted to do it and she's yeah. lost. So um, the director, I- I'm just referring to him as the director. Yes, the director now. 
it's easier and safer. Uh, has admitted he was strongly influenced by video games from his childhood. Hence the many first-person shots of weapons being... I know, did notice this uh, several times doing it. You'll see a character, they go to take aim, and then the next shot is down the barrel like yeah. a first-person shoot a video game. Um, and apparently the shot uh, of one of the helicopters spinning towards the ground after Kong mangles yeah. the, uh, the, the tail of it is uh, basically was inspired by a very similar screen in one of the Resident Evil games. Um, in a further reference to to um, video games which inspired it, Hank's boat is named the Grey Fox. Yeah. And uh, the director has... Uh, he's slated to direct the Metal Gear Solid film, which has uh, a character in it by the same name. Ah... <laughs> So apparently, this guy, who, the director, whose name we can't pronounce, is a massive. Well, there's a couple of other things that will, well, I will reveal as we go along, which um, show he was a ma- he is a massive nerd. Yeah. Like video games and, and that sort of thing. Um, I probably got on really well with him actually. He's good. No, <laughs> yeah, be a guest. Yeah. Nope. We we won't. We won't. I don't we'll know. learn how to pronounce your name. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> And if you, you could, won't have to talk about Bad Dragon. <laughs> if you could spell it phonetically in an email for us before the interview, that would be great. And, the, yeah, would be yeah. marvelous. Unless you're also into Bad Dragon, we won't talk about it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll let you make the call on that. <laughs> no, I kind of I like the fact that they went and got a super nerd for a super nerdy film. There's yeah. there's a lot of people that would have been like, no, this guy's got a pedigree. He's got to do yeah. this, and you're like, okay, so he's gonna shoot kong like citizen kane it's not gonna work they're going to get someone that's like oh, i love this shit i love it i'm a fucking I'm nerd all about this shit yeah. <laughs> you can cut you can kind of tell as well some of the shots there's one my absolute favorite shot in the film and i'll talk about it later but you can tell that comes from a, a computer game playing standpoint yeah there's 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 several bits in this you look at it and you're like no yeah that that is a video game cutscene right there yeah um again i as we've established before, I'm a big fan of video games and their cutscenes, so that is not a bad thing as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Um, this film features the tallest US rendition of Kong at 32 metres. Uh, Peter Jackson's Kong was only 25 metres, apparently. Um, the tallest depiction of Kong thus far was in the 1962 Japanese kaiju film King Kong vs. Godzilla, in which he was 45 metres tall. Oh, I do so, know... I do remember after this film came out, there were a few people talking about it. And I remember some people saying, Kong doesn't look that big. And I remember mm. lots, of, lots of other people shouting at that person like, they said it in the film, idiot. He's still growing. He's yeah. young. His parents have only just died. Don't worry. They're doing Godzilla v. Kong. He'll be massive in that. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be Godzilla height. <laughs> yeah. The rusted hull of the Wanderer, which we see in the film, mm. is a nod the original 1933 novel Kong, in which it is the name of the ship that they arrive at the island on. Ah. Yeah. I, like that. I didn't wonder why it was... It's quite probably like they're yeah, on, the, yeah, on the hull yeah. when they were... It's like, well, what relevance does that have? Well, now we know what relevance it has because that was a nod back to the original book. According to the director, the first draft of the screenplay had the action taking place in 1917 and was an entirely different film. 
because that would have been okay. just post uh, the yeah. Great War. Um, although he liked the script, he didn't think it was something that he wanted to make. Um, when asked what kind of monster movie he had in mind, he suggested to have it take place in the Vietnam War era as a sort of apocalypse now with monsters, since yeah. there'd never been a monster movie set in that time. Um, he also saw interesting parallels between the political turmoil and racial riots from the 1970s um, and the 2010s when this film was obviously yeah. made. Um, contrary to his expectation, because he was you know, expecting to get shot down, the studio loved the idea and the script was reworked from the ground up to basically accommodate his new idea, which... I'd man, they to must be have... the screenwriter. I'd be <laughs> like, I've, I've spent months laboring over this script. Like, I've come this great idea... In 1917, just post the Great War, we've got this script. I'm really proud of it. And then he gets he gets like the memo. Uh, director read it. <laughs> thinks it'd be better in Vietnam. Go back to work. I'd just be like helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, having it set in the 70s, it's obviously a main narrative point that mm. at the time that the film is set, we're as a human race are on the border of like having every part of this planet mapped out, like having yeah. satellites everywhere, being able to see and do everything. So it's kind of, we're just on the precipice of that. It's like the last possible moment in human history that a place like Skull Island could be and go unnoticed. Yeah. I like, I like that. It, it probably would have worked just as good or maybe better in 1917. But at the same time, I do love the idea that it's, they're like, we've got to go because the Russians are coming. And like, yeah. Yeah. I love the way that he swings in with that argument. It's yeah. like, you know, three days from now, the Russians are going to see this island. So whatever is that, we want to get it first, maybe. And he's like, oh, God damn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, another, another thing in favor of uh, the director, he co-wrote and appeared in the honest trailers of his own movie. Now, do you know what Honest Trailers is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously yeah. On, on YouTube. Um, yeah. In it, he highlighted some legitimate flaws with the film, such as massive, in his own words, structural problems, lack of character arcs for most of the human cast, and the fact that there are too many human characters to begin with. Yeah. However, he stood by the film and attacked the video made by the uh, made on the film by Cinema Sins shortly before the Honest Trailers uh, video was released. He also spent some time on Twitter attacking cinema sins for their video on the film, calling them trolls and countering some specific sins. So it's like, yeah, I'm all up for making fun of myself, but I disagree with what you guys did, and I'm going to call you out on it on social media. That is, yeah. that is like me that. all over, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. the fact it's like, look, I can make fun of myself, but you can't make fun of me. Yeah. And you're making money by making fun of me. So... <laughs> I'm not really sure about it, how this is like ethically right, but I will I, I will defend myself again. I you, will bro. defend myself. Yeah, I I'm gonna go over there myself. and make fun of myself. I like. Yeah, that. it's it's brilliant. I'm gonna have to watch that episode. I haven't had a chance to watch it since I found this out yesterday, but uh, I, I'm definitely gonna go and watch that because that sounds like it might be quite fun. Um, Project Monarch. Yes. Obviously, appears fairly uh, center stage in this film. Um, and it's Project Monarch that ties together the following films in a single monsterverse, as yeah. they are terming it. Yeah. Obviously, Kong Skull Island, 
2019 Godzilla, 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters, and the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong. It's yeah. all part of one big universe that they are looking to build and expand sort of MCU style, yeah. which is apparently the in thing these days. Oh, yeah. Ever since... Ever since Marvel did it, everyone's tried to do it. That's what Zack Snyder tried to do for DC, mm-hmm. was build a universe. It went from suddenly, it was like, at one point, it was like, oh, we've got all these IPs. Let's just make some good films. And then it was, no, we need a universe. <laughs> so everyone's trying to start a universe without actually listening or paying attention to what, what Marvel did, which was, they made Iron Man. <laughs> and Iron Man was really good. And on the back of that, they went and made another film. Made another one. That was really good. And then once they won everyone's trust uh, on the back of a few good films, they started branching out. And yeah, they started tying them together and stuff. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't do that to start with. You've got to you've got to write a good standalone film and yeah. then branch there. Because otherwise, I, uh, yeah. I remember seeing this and being like, "Wow, it's not the most thought provoking film ever, but for a Kong film, it was really good." Mm. So I was really excited for Godzilla King of the Monsters, like really excited. And then I watched a trailer. Yeah, it's got this guy that was in this show that I love called uh, Friday Night Lights. Mm. Um, big up Jim. That was a Jim shout out. He, I'm not sure he listens, but that was for him. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, this is going to be good. And then it just really wasn't. So I'm really worried about this Kong versus Godzilla. I, I haven't seen any of the other films in this. I, I, did acquire them last night yeah. so that I can watch them. And I am going to watch Godzilla vs. King Kong because oh, yeah. I had no interest in the upcoming film or any of the others. I was just like, you know, that I'm not a fan of Kong films, Godzilla films. The, uh, the what was it, 20, uh, 2009 one, was it? Yeah. Uh, well, no, 90, 98, wasn't it? The Godzilla one with oh, Jim doing yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that was so We're awful. That put me right off of it. the ground. Yeah, that put that's me the one. The yeah, that yeah. Like Godzilla until I was like, the song's alright, but the film is shit. Yeah, and I was I stuck with that until I watched the the anime one that um, Amazon launched uh, the okay. other year. That three part one that was then that was really good, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe there is something to this. And obviously watching this film, I'm like, no, nah, mate, I'm 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 in, I'm on board. What I don't really get though is Godzilla King of the Monsters was pretty I haven't much. Seen it. So so don't no spoilers. Oh. <laughs> I literally just said I haven't seen them. No spoilers. I'm gonna watch them. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll hold off on on my on my question then until you've seen it. Good. Um, <laughs> the names of Marlowe and Conrad are likely references to Joseph Conrad and the lead character Marlowe from Conrad's novella Heart of Darkness. Okay. The novella as well as the Vietnam War film it inspired, Apocalypse Now, are thematic and visual inspirations for this movie, which comes across very, very clearly. There are some strong Apocalypse Now vibes in this film. Oh, yes, I know. My memory of Apocalypse Now is it looks like they're actually at war. My, my, <laughs> my uh, taking in of this is war must be fun because everyone's smiling and not one person looks stressed or not one person looks like they're actually at war. <laughs> the grand old times. Oh, visually, yeah, right. there is a lot from uh, yeah director and the uh, cinematographer should probably buy whoever did their respective roles on Apocalypse Now, like a fruit basket or a bunch of yeah. flowers or something. Because I mean, a very very strong influence on a lot of it. Yeah. 
I think I referenced this in my notes when we actually get onto the film. Um, Samuel Jackson compares his character to Captain Ahab from Moby Dick, stating, I'm not going to do a Samuel Jackson voice because that would be ridiculous oh. and probably, uh, probably uh, you know, constitute a race crime or something. Um, he does have to exact some measure of revenge for the people he's lost. That's just the nature of how we operate, eye for an eye. And it's, yep, you do yeah. get some strong Ahab vibes from him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love both Tom Hiddleston and Samuel L. Jackson. And this next bit of trivia just cements that for me. Okay. Tom Hiddleston and Samuel L. Jackson admitted their reasons for joining the movie were basically this. Jackson even stated, when they said, King Kong, we want you, I was like, awesome. Then I found out that I was the second choice and I still didn't care. I'll do it anyway. They had an Academy Award winner at first and he didn't want to be away home from home, away from his kids that long because we were going to gone forever in Hawaii, Australia and Vietnam. So I was like, my family didn't care. I'll go. <laughs> Brie Larson accepted her character because she was an action girl instead of a damsel in distress. But I love the fact yeah. that like these two big Hollywood names were just like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll do it. I want to be in a Kong film. <laughs> right. You mean I get to go to Vietnam, Australia and wherever the other place was and get paid to do it. Paid millions to do it. Hawaii yeah. was the other place. Hawaii, yeah. <laughs> I get to go be in the sun, get paid well, for it. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, hang out with these other, like, fucking A-listers yeah. um, making a cool film. I mean... I thought it was going to be like, when I heard Kong, we want you, my first question was, how many millions? When they <laughs> yeah. said 20, I said, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, this is the uh, one of the other references I said about, well, these two that I've got here, um, that highlight, highlight what a massive nerd the director is uh, the two-armed pit lizard from king kong 1933 was used as a reference for the skull crawlers yeah. they were also inspired by several other cinematic creatures the director has stated that creature beyond being a reference to a creature from the 1933 version is also this crazy fusion of all the influences throughout my life like the first angel from neon genesis evangelion no face from spirited away and Cubone from Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, wow, massive anime nerd, anime nerd there, like merging these references. And then he follows this up with Miyazaki's Princess Mononoke was actually a big reference in the way that the spirit creatures sort of have their own domains and fit within that. So a big thing was trying to design creatures that felt realistic and could exist in an ecosystem that feels sort of wild and out there. And then also designing things that simultaneously felt beautiful at the same time. It's like, basically, he just sat down, watched a whole bunch of famous anime from like the 80s yeah. and 90s and was like, I want to make a Kong film with that in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if like, I forget to do it, wow. if, if I forget and I say it later, can you make sure you edit out the bit where I say the skull crawlers could have, could have done with a redesign? <laughs> Especially if we manage to get the director on the show. He won't appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, now, the one alternate casting choice, its it was slim pickings, not going to lie. Um, Russell Crowe was considered for, and I quote, a role. <laughs> now, despite, despite a lot of digging, there was this big hoo-ha 
um, when both Russell Crowe and Brie Larson became yeah. attached to the project and they were both uh, you know, basically being narrowed down for roles. Uh, we obviously found out that Brie Larson took on the role of Weaver, but Russell Crowe just kind of flew away like a crow and nobody seems to know what role he was basically attached to. But yeah. he's, he's an Academy Award winner, right? Yeah. And didn't Samuel Jackson say that the person that had he the did. role before him was like, yeah, so I think yeah. we pretty it much solved well it. could well be him. Our new show on Vice, Touch Jig, solves your, <laughs> solves your casting alternate problem. casting choices. Yeah. Um, my final very brief note uh, for the trivia is that Kong only apparently has 14 minutes of screen time. Yeah, he's not he's not in it much, but when he he's is not. in it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes the film. Yeah. So there we go. That was my, my educational trivia for you all. Right, I need to pee, so... I'm not sure if this was intentional. Yeah. But that opening scene with Marlo dropping out of the sun screaming. Yeah. That made me properly laugh out loud. I did it really? <laughs> yeah, I genuinely laughed when that happened. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> See, I've got a question on the on the opening scene. Mm. And the answer's probably, probably yes, but I'm going to pose it anyway. Am I being dumb? Is it obvious from the opening scene that one of those pilots will reappear later in the narrative? Because I didn't see it coming the first time I watched it, and now that makes me feel like a gammon. Really? I, I thought that was fairly obvious, yeah. I thought, no, I was just watching, I was like, oh, oh, oh Kong, oh, there's the island, Kong's on the island, okay, and then when we cut to them being like, trying to get on the mission to the island, I was like, oh, oh, we know Kong's there, but they don't know Kong's there, oh, and then John C. Riley turns up later, and I was just like slapping myself, like screaming <laughs> gammon. <laughs> I'm normally the first person. I've got some notes later on, like when this happens, you know this is happening. Didn't see it coming. What an idiot. Oh, okay. No, I thought that was fairly obvious. Yeah. But my next, my next <laughs> note is basically about alternative, kind of on the theme of alternative castings. Mm. John, I don't. Oh, and disclaimer, I don't know any of the names or any of the characters. So <laughs> I did struggle, me. to be fair. Yeah. John Goodman's geologist psychic gives me pure John Boy John Boyega vibes. <laughs> Everything about him just screams poor man's John Boyega. So I was kind of expecting sorry to <laughs> whoever it is that, that played that role. I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive <laughs> or disrespectful, but as soon as you were like, I've got some Alternative castings, I was like, John Bayega was meant to play that John part, Bayega. right? But they just they spent too much money on the on, on, on like the rest of the cast. They couldn't afford him. He was he's come from Star Wars. They couldn't get him on board. But yeah, he, he's just pure John Bayega vibes. Every time I look at him, I'm like doing a double take, like to just to double check if it is Finn or not. There's a there's an interesting sort of side note on who the, what is effectively um uh john goodman's characters john goodman's sidekicks sidekick the yeah. asian girl yeah apparently in the original cut she had a lot more her, yeah. her character played a much bigger role um because she's apparently quite a well-known uh chinese actress um but yeah uh, most of her scenes ended up on the cutting room floor so she yeah. barely she She's, she doesn't really need to be in this film. She doesn't contribute anything. She's kind of there. And you're like, but what are you going to do? And then she, she doesn't do some, anything. She gives someone, but she's someone for John Boyega to talk to. 
<laughs> to kind of kind of discuss how insane this whole mission yeah like he could bounce stuff off her because he can't bounce it off john goodman because john goodman's like no there are monsters let's go and so he could be like like, seven lines of dialogue or something she just does nothing and it's just it's a real shame oh she did do something she cashed the check that they wrote out oh i mean yeah she would have cashed the check but aside Um, from that it's kind of like yeah you either should have like not bothered or let her have the storyline she needed. Yeah. I'd have quite have sat through another 15 minutes just to see oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. her storyline actually do something. I alluded to this earlier, but um, Vietnam looks quite nice. Not one of them soldiers actually looks like they've been at war. I think that's because it's the end of the war and they've all just been told they're going home. So they're all in really uh, good. It's like, uh, yeah, when you've been at work for a shit day and you're like, I've had enough. I want to go home. And then you're like, yeah, it's home time. I think even at that point, it would be more kind of like relief. Get me out of here. Not, yeah, we're all playing cards. We're all like jolly. We're all, yeah. None of them look <laughs> like they've been at war. None of them look PTSD'd. None of them look shell-shocked. I mean, to be they fair, like none the of them... Vietnam War was just like a, a walk in the park. None of them are infantry. I suppose, yeah. They were all... So they, they wouldn't... They didn't go through the shit that... I mean, yeah. no no disrespect to any Vietnamese... Uh, Vietnam War veteran pilots out there, but they didn't go through the shit that the infantry did. You know? No. They were, in general, up on high, you know, raining down deaths. They had, dare I say, a much easier time than the yeah, uh, poor bloody face, foot soldiers. They didn't come face-to-face with, like, underground-dwelling aliens when they're in the foxhole. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Hellier, go watch it. <laughs> it is on, on a, a side note to that. It is worth mentioning that bizarrely, although they're pilots, after yeah. their helicopters crash, all of the pilots are equipped and behave yeah. as infantry. Yeah. And it's like, but they wouldn't have. No, no they'd have had a sidearm, and that would have been it, basically. <laughs> no, I I did because I thought about this, so I went and looked it up. Apparently. Whoever was conservative leader in the 70s went over to America and try, uh, got them all, you know, multi-training on jobs in, in case uh, in case flying was a, got knocked out and there was no more flying so they could then be infantry. So the, the conservative leader, leader basically went over there, got them all retrained, and so they can do multiple jobs now. They're not just pilots. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. That does um, make sense. Um. We haven't got to the things that want to eat you alive. Foreshadowing. Pretty early on. It's still... Yeah, there's quite a lot of foreshadowing in there's this There's a film. lot of foreshadowing. The, the, like the first 30, 40 minutes are all foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, particularly um, in when they're still on the airbase. Um, and Packard tells Campbell or whatever he is. He says, yeah, you know, go and, go and enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. And then... It goes from being all warm and sunny to then suddenly dark and cold yeah. and oppressive. And it's like, oh, oh, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, they don't use any tricks like that anymore throughout the no. rest of the film. It's literally just for that one scene. It gets all artistic. And you're like, oh, OK. And then they don't repeat it. And it's like, oh, foreshadowing that he's actually fucking insane. Yes. Um, you said about uh, when he's talking to him in the bar. White rabbit again. Yeah, it's being played when they walk when they enter the bar. Um, I also have two notes here, <laughs> really simple ones. Fucking love Tom Hiddleston, and then immediately after that, fucking love Brie Larson too. <laughs> Big fan of both of them, so just wanted yeah. to, just wanted to throw that in there. There's a lot of love 
in this film. Um, right, I got quite a long note, so bear with me. Mm. Considering this is a two-hour film, they don't mess about in creating the narrative. Everything is set up pretty quickly and wrapped up nicely during the scene where the plan is explained to the soldiers. From the moment we were on the aircraft carrier, it's basically just full steam ahead into action and visual set pieces, oh, the visual set pieces we all want to see from a Kong film. The pace and simple premise also frees up space later on for humour, mythology and character personality. Quite like, I quite like it. That was a very professional note. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. <laughs> you did take you did take some time away from the bad, the bad dragon website to, to do did. your notes. Clearly, there were very <laughs> few things in this film that I could turn on to jokes on your and your behalf. So I had to do some serious work. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm right. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah, you it's are. such a simple premise. They sell it up really like super fast in the beginning yeah and then as soon as we get to that mom mothma meet and when they where he's standing there and he's like this is the island this is what's going on <laughs> then it's all just like right we've told you everything you need to know we're going to do a ready player one slash all you need is kill kind of <laughs> thing every now and then we'll bring a character in who's going to explain some mythology or yeah. going to give you a little bit of like info dump so you understand what's going to come next but from basically aside from that from this point on, it's just action just go, go, and go. set pieces and everything think, you we all want from a Kong film. That's I think exactly it. That is too exactly often, it. I think that Godzilla film that we both talked about hating. It's too mm. much about human perspective. It was too much yeah. of a human story, less about Godzilla. This yeah. although it has although he's like the director, Mr. Roberts, is right. There are far too many human characters. Yeah. Some of them could have been cut. The structure isn't great. You can't argue with the fact that they've gone, right, these people are going for this reason. Once they get there, they've got three days. Otherwise, they're never getting off the island. Right. Issued the calamity that's going to put their three days under risk. Mm. And then that calamity is just pure action, which... They know what what people want. When you go to see a monster film, you want to see the monster. You want to see it doing cool stuff and looking awesome on the screen. You don't want to see two people having a chat or, or you know a long drawn out back and forth between two, two characters you don't really care about which is basically what peter jackson's con was because they've done it this way as well because they've gone right the premise is dead simple we've put it all out there in the first half an hour now the rest of the film is going to be about action but mm. we will need some dialogue in parts we haven't got to explain. Really, we've got a couple of info dumps where we explain some mythology. We mm. take you around, show you some stuff. But aside from that, we haven't got loads of story we've got to hit you over the head with. No. So therefore, John C. Riley can bring some humour and character personality by just being him, basically, yeah. doing what he does in every film. We get we get to see um, Packard. Wow, I, I remember the name. Kind of devolving <laughs> from like leader to madman. And then mm-hmm. we get, but it's all very kind of fun and not that you don't need to know these things. They're just fun no. aside. They're just moments of <gasps> right, more action. Let's go. Yeah, it's, it's. I I really, whilst I do think he has some points with what what he said on um on his trailers, I do think he's got. There are some really good things they've done with the creation of this film. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I said. They they knew they knew what people wanted from a from a oh, yeah, King Kong monster. film. 
and they gave it to us. They want monsters. They want exciting set pieces. They want to see the giant ape smashing up, you know, helicopters yeah. and fucking other giant monsters. That's what people want to see. And that's what we got. But they get, they did it in such a way that there was enough set up that there was a story that yeah. it wasn't just mindless apes oh, smashing no. stuff up, which is probably why the film works so well, because it's that perfect balance of what you want, especially given that this is... This is basically a blockbuster movie, isn't it? It's yeah, not yeah. It's not a think piece. It's not a cult classic. It's the sort of thing you want to put it out there. The public gobbles it up and, and makes you $566 million. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just Jurassic Park, but they've just put Kong in instead of... I was just thinking that, actually. It is very, it's a very similar... Uh, they go to an island. Production. Yeah. For a certain reason. Calamity ensues that reason goes out the window then they've got a certain amount of time to get to a certain place to get evacuated yeah and in, but instead of like being chased around an island by a t-rex they're getting chased around by this weird lizard thing and kong's there to protect them yeah, yeah. it's basically just jurassic it's, park yeah it's again jurassic park is a seminal yeah. piece of oh, absolutely. Movie. it's a seminal piece of cinematic history and i would say it's on it's on the list of if you want to be a screenplay writer it's on the list of screenplays yeah. you should go and read because it we does watched everything it. it used to do perfectly. Cody and I watched it fucking late last year. Yeah. In the end of summer last year, Cody and I went back and watched Jurassic Park films because he'd never seen them before. Yeah. And the fact that I still enjoyed watching it as well. There's oh, an awful yeah. lot of stuff that I watch with him that I'm just like, ugh. Uh, or stuff that I want to watch that he's just like not interested in. Yeah. But that kept us both entertained and and focused on it which with a six-year-old is a real fucking achievement I bet, yeah. it kept a six-year-old and a 38 year old both entertained for the entire duration and it's like how old is that fucking film now jesus 25 years yeah i mean um, i've seen i saw that film five times at the cinema and countless <laughs> times i went to the royal out of a hall to see it with a full orchestra playing <laughs> like the soundtrack mm. uh big up space monkey zero space monkey four who were with me that was that was fucking amazing but i've seen that film so many times but if i flip over now and it's on tv there's no way i'm doing whatever it was i was doing before i flipped over <laughs> like, i'm watching at least half an hour of that film yeah. before I, before i realize what i'm doing and what i was meant to be doing <laughs> yeah. um skull island is a bit femiscira right yes it i feel like of... i feel like the director watched or whoever whoever wrote the screenplay yeah. watched Wonder Woman. I was like, oh, so you can have an island surrounded by a storm, and no one knows. Oh, done. Kong, Kong's on Femiscira. Done. I, mean, I think, I think to be honest, that was done in one of the earlier Kong films. Oh, probably. The, I think it was stolen out. from that. It reminded me Wonder Woman come out, but there's no way yeah. that happened. <laughs> um, it reminded me of in the the Pirates of the Caribbean novel, uh, prequel novel. Uh, Price of Freedom. Okay. Jack discovers uh, a magical island hidden exactly the same way. Oh, they really? don't have like giant apes and stuff on there. And I just I was like, oh, that's just like that island, the name of which I can't remember right now. <laughs> that's that's one of our one of our future book clubs during the summer when I go into full pirate mode. Um, okay. Going to be doing that one. Um, the the dialogue in this film is pretty sharp. Yeah, it's it's almost Whedon-esque. And I'm going to continue using that phrase because it matches regardless of the current connotations around using it. Um, <laughs> it's neither abusive or misogynist. I know. I know. 
but that that's Whedon himself. The dialogue Whedon comes up with is much better. Um, like, uh, do you even have a bed, Cole? You, yeah. You've got a bed, right? I mean, those two are, are awesome anyway. Um, it's more like the triangle than the hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite lines in this, it's funny because we've just been discussing the film it's from. As usual, remember, hold on to your butts. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there it is. My God, how long have we been waiting for that to come back in a film with you, Mr. Jackson? Um, and the, <laughs> I call them skull crawlers. Yeah. Why? Because it sounds neat. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the first real part where a character gets to show some kind of real personality. Yeah. And I feel like it was just the case of we've got John C. Riley in this film. Just let him do what he does. Do yeah, do his thing. <laughs> as long as he doesn't say anything too offensive, just let him do what he does because he's going to bring an element to this film that Which is otherwise lacking. Yeah, and we've made space for it with the simple premise, so he can basically just chew the scenery, do whatever he wants, and it it will inevitably add to the film. And obviously there's the uh, the whole Dear Billy thing. Oh, yeah. The theme that runs throughout the film. And obviously, you know, anyone who hasn't watched this, you should watch it because we're giving you huge fucking spoilers. And our intro will then make a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I've been on a boat trip around islands, like the ones surrounding Skull Island. And the whole thing was beautiful. I can tell you how amazing that experience was. I can only imagine how breathtaking it would be to fly over all them little islands onto Skull Island by helicopter. Oh, yeah. Kind of watching it just like took me right back and I was just like, oh, I need to do that. Bucket <laughs> list, where are you? you know? <laughs> I, that's one of the, the scenes where the influence of Apocalypse Now um, yeah. comes very, very apparent. That most of the air cab scenes are. Um, it did lead me to a question. Were reel-to-reel tape players and massive external speakers considered standard issue for air cavalry units during Vietnam? Because every fucking film we see with them, yeah, they have massive speakers with a reel-to-reel tape player playing something. It's it must like... have been. <laughs> if that's the technology they had at the time, it must have been what they had to do, right? It's not like today where they can just like have a yeah, watch. But... Just do it with their Why? Well, I like, don't know. Because it was the 70s. We can put more guns on it. No, we can't. We've exceeded the weight limit. Well, how? Oh, we've got that huge PA system and a stack of reel-to-reel tapes of, uh, of current pop music that we're going to play as we're gunning down the natives. <laughs> I mean, that is peak America right there. It is, yeah. It is, <laughs> that is true. Yee-haw. <laughs> Black motherfucking Sabbath. <laughs> now, Paranoid is used excellent, excellently in this film especially when it comes to kind of lulling you into a false sense of security. Like the song's playing. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then suddenly there's a tree stump through the helicopter and it just cuts dead. And you're like, what the fuck happened? I was just on this fun trip with Black Sabbath (laughs) over the islands. And suddenly we're going down. That leads to my favorite shot in the entire film is when you see the helicopter from the inside the helicopter and the guy's trying to hold on and yeah. hold on and then it finally kind of stabilizes and you just see Kong's eye yeah. into oh it's so good they didn't have to do that they could have just done a ground shot like a, a long shot of him pulling the helicopters out of the sky 
but to go inside the helicopter to see the guy flying around and then finally see this eye just looking to see yeah. what was it. Oh, it's beautiful. The, the, it's the cinematography in this film is really good. Yeah. So well done. Um, there's that scene you just mentioned there with the yeah. with the palm tree. They shoot down a helicopter with a fucking palm tree, which that is that has now taken uh, prior place from Die Hard Four, where they shoot down a helicopter with a car. That is, yeah. I mean, that that was top pegging. Now it's it's just a palm tree. I mean, how the fuck do you even shoot down midair with a? I'm just like, nope, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. If I had any doubts about this film. They evaporated yeah, at the moment I mean, that palm tree shot through the windscreen. <laughs> yeah. um, typical military. They see something as majestic as Kong and their first thought is, let's kill the motherfucker. Yeah, let's shoot this thing. Yeah, yeah. I... Yeah. I mean, let's, let's face it. Well, Packard doesn't come out of this looking, oh, no, looking great. To be honest, that initial reaction of, uh, oh, let's, let's shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it doesn't reflect well on them. Um, no. Although it does lead to one of my favourite shots in this film. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, it's during that same sequence where, where Kong's taking down the helicopters. It's worth noting there is a satisfying lack of explosions in that scene. Yeah. You can imagine if someone like Michael Bay had done this. Oh, every yeah. time Kong touched the helicopter, it would have been a huge fireball. Not but in this one, a lot of them. The mountains, the entire islands, <laughs> the sea. <laughs> Everything, Everything would just, just be exploding. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of them, there's there's some smoke and there's some sparks and that. But that's it. Because yeah. that's exactly what would happen. They don't just burst into fireballs the moment they hit anything because that, that would be a really big safety flaw. <laughs> For some reason, um, but 90% it, of the occupants need to survive. So yeah. <laughs> you can't have too many explosions, otherwise there'll be some westerns. Um, <laughs> um so my, my, one of my favourite shots, or my favourite shot of the film, is where um, Packard uh, gets out of his crashed helicopter and goes to help the, the pilot out of the one he was in. Kong whips the, the helicopter away and then yeah. smashes down the others. Yeah. And he basically just glares uh, Packard through the flames. Yeah of the exploding helicopters and it's just this perfect shot of him just like the menacing eyes of Kong just glaring at him and you can you can almost hear the switch flick in Packard's head yeah it's at that moment that he basically becomes this film's Captain Obsessed. Ahab yeah yeah um right I don't know about you but as soon as Kong starts plucking helicopters out of the sky wouldn't the logical thing to do be to retreat regroup and come up with a new plan yes it would instead what do they do <laughs> They all continued to fly towards him and shoot him with bullets. Yeah. Which didn't work before, aren't going to work again. Yeah, but but what if it's the 2,000th bullet that does yeah. it? Don't worry, <laughs> I've got a gun. It's like, the, it's like oh, the, 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 the guns didn't work. Well, well, what we'll do is we'll keep using guns because yeah. guns. Because <laughs> America, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would just to me it would make so much more sense to be like right he's taken out two helicopters fly away fly land, away come up with a plan and uh even if that plan is hiding for three days <laughs> come up with a new plan <laughs> and fly back through the storm <laughs> yeah yeah you're already here just go back 
get, get say, look, here we have video footage of our helicopters being taken out by a giant ape. Yeah. Let's send more. Send big ships, airplanes, bombs. Because uh, you know the first thing America would have done would be like, right, nuke the motherfucker. Nuke it. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. And, and maybe they did in an alternate timeline, and that's how we got the Cloverfield monster. Oh. <laughs> oh, see, we could we could have a show touching creates conspiracies. <laughs> and that could be episode one. Six degrees of separation by touching. Yeah. Um... Come on, Vice. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know you want in on this shit. Um, we just need four figures a week. And that's it. <laughs> fuck me at this point. I'd sell for three. Flight <laughs> um, suits. Flight yes. suits galore. Oh, they're so practical. Back. Yeah. I just. Oh, they're so practical. Gone. And they look so good. And uh, I really wish I had more reasons to wear flight suits in my life without looking like a fucking lunatic. I think you just do it. <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole world listens to you on this podcast every week. They know you're a weirdo. Just the whole the world yeah. listens to it. <laughs> We're global superstars, then, you know. <laughs> I'm not living with my mum because, like, you know, because I have to. I'm living with my mum out of, like, just to keep an eye on her. I could afford my own place. I'm a global <laughs> superstar. <laughs> you're a terrible, terrible liar. Tens of people listen to me every month. <laughs> Tens of people every month hear your voice directly to their ear tubes. And what, how do you use that power, that that prestigious position you've been put into? You talk about making a porno and silicone dragon dicks. <laughs> With great power comes no responsibility. That's what Spider Man told me. Um, I should be sitting at a desk. Now, there have been many, many, many insanely busy lunch and dinner services where I've stopped mid-chaos, dead on my feet, <laughs> with no end in sight, and had that exact same fault. Fuck all this yeah. for a living. <laughs> I should be sitting at a desk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if, uh, just to offer a counter-perspective to that, I spend most of my life um, sitting at a desk, and right this on. week, uh, this week, I basically wanted to drink myself into oblivion. So, <laughs> it uh, ain't I'll, all sunshine and rainbows. I'll drop the bleach round once we finish recording. No, no, I want to recover from it. Oh, okay. Jesus. I'll drop that jar of my sperm round. I've got a weekend end. <laughs> I don't need yours. I've got vials of the spe- of the, the fake stuff off the internet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I've got vials left over from a Dow lived there. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it breaks my heart when Kong notices his wounds. Oh yeah. I get I don't know what it is. I get I come over so when he realizes that wound in his arm, I get so super empathetic in a way that I don't in my normal life. I'm just like, oh my heart's breaking for Kong. Oh I just want to rub some Savlon in it. Get yeah. a big big towel and wrap, get a big bandage and wrap his arm up for him. <laughs> oh look at his paw. Oh no, we need to get oh, some band-aids no. on that. Yeah. Or plasters because we're English, sorry. That's of, um, of humanizing yeah. Kong oh, in, this, in this film, yeah. and a, a big part of that I think is the fact that he's Yeti-like, he's yes. bipedal, he's far more upright, which makes it that much easier for us to empathize and, and um, anthropomorphize him because he walks the same way we do. Yeah, it's uh, probably it the same. Really sad. Probably the same reason that the lizard skull 
are they called the skull crawlers? Skull crawlers. Skull crawlers. Yeah. Have two legs and are so weird. Is yeah, they're utterly sep- alien to us. To separate, they kind of. I saw it and I was like, oh, mimic. But basically, mm. it, it seems to me like there's a very subtle design thing. I know I said they need to be redesigned, but there's a very subtle <laughs> design thing where Kong is far more human and they are very, very alien. Yeah. So, um, I tell you what though. Shortly after I, I started crying on the inside because Kong was hurt, I was screaming with joy when Kong started eating a giant squid. It's awesome, and I do not know why I find that scene so awesome. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, and he just sort of like glares, and you're like, like, oh god, he spotted Campbell. Oh, yeah. this could be bad. And then he just reaches in and rips out this fucking tentacle, and you're like, oh, d- 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 giant squid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the squid starts fighting just back, and then he stamps on his head and you're like yes you eat that squid and, eat just that and he just drags <laughs> it off he's yeah. like it's a supper yeah and he just walks off and he's just like sucking down bits of tentacle that are still writhing yeah. it's just like wow <laughs> um, i noticed something which yes uh i keep seeing I, I seriously i am like one bad day away from having a wall just covered with pictures and printouts attached with bits of red string for all these connections between touching and things and, and stuff we talked about to connecting to other stuff. Okay. On the back of Marlowe's flight jacket. Yes. There's a phrase which should be very familiar to us. Good for your health. When he first crashes and you get a glimpse of yeah. it, I was like, wait, does that say that? What does the rest of it say? And unfortunately the rest of it doesn't say anything about bad for education. But I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I scribbled that down. I was like, it says it, it says it. <laughs> Where the inspiration comes from from doing that on jackets was the the flight jackets and that but yeah i thought that was a nice little uh connection i could make there back to uh the the acura episode um is your new jacket gonna have that written on the back oh yes oh yes obviously all right <laughs> obviously dog? it's embroidered on the back <laughs> who's the dog in the advert Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh yeah! <laughs> the Churchill dog. Yeah, you just oh, channeled the proper Churchill dog. I did, there. didn't I? Now, <laughs> wow! Yeah, I've only just thought of this because it, it wasn't me that laid it as a foundation to the pod. But if we're going to try and make Touchy great again, we really need to bring back some more fashion talk because fashion was a foundation in the it early days. Was a core part of it, and back when people seemed had... to love it, we, we had a lot of fashion talk. We haven't had many films um, of late where fashion has really been a big part of it, or at least not fashion that spoke to me in one way or the other. I mean, we kicked it off with one of the most gorgeously dressed casts in film history with fucking Interview with a Vampire. So, you know, there's, there aren't many films out there that can compare with that, at least not films that we'll sit through. So, That's all right. <laughs> For my next choice, I'll choose Kinky Boots. I'm sure you can... There's something in there you can talk about. I've never even seen that. I, I don't want to. <laughs> Me neither. It was just the first film I could think of that had <laughs> any link to fashion whatsoever. It's, it's one of the things that, that, although whilst costumes in films and that are obviously hugely, hugely important in, in, in films, in stage productions, in, in TV, they play a huge part in setting the scene. A lot of them tend to just set a degree of normality, especially anything yeah. that's set, you know, relatively current it's yeah. all largely just shit it's people oh jeans t-shirt oh he's wearing a suit whoop do you fucking do 
I see that every day. I don't need to comment on that. You know, it's just boring. It's got to be interesting. Or flight suits being worn, day-to-day work. <laughs> just dropping it out there, fashion influencers, you know, out there with your, your millions of people on Insta and TikTok. Could you, could you imagine if all of these influencers, one after another, started posting on, on Instagram, them in their flight suits, and hashtagging Tutjig? Oh, my God. <laughs> Influencers wear flight suits. To, uh, to be honest, at this point, I would even forego the hashtag touching. Just, I mean, obviously we'd like that. We would very much like that boost. But just start wearing the flight suits so that I finally have an excuse to go out and buy a job lot of them right. and just wear them every day. We need to set a challenge. Do you know what TikTok <laughs> they've got them? I don't, right, let me disclaimer. I don't have TikTok. I've never <laughs> used TikTok. I will never use TikTok. But. I have seen a growing trend of TikTok videos where people are like fully clothed and then they jump and then when they land, they're naked. Is that a thing? Yeah. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna piggyback this. <laughs> Bear with me, I'm making this up as I go along. Uh-huh. We're gonna piggyback this for all influencers. The flight suit challenge. You start in a flight suit, you do a jump, and you end in a bikini. Men, this is not for you. So <laughs> If you could write touching in Sharpie across your, your breasts when you do it, that would be absolutely perfect. No, you can get the word out. You can do the challenge. It's easier to read. Okay. Yeah, so flight suit challenge. I want to see that on social media influences. There you go. Start in a but flight not, suit, jump, end in a bikini. Yeah, but not you, Zoella, because you've taken a you've already taken a, a bashing recently, and I I don't <laughs> want you to get taken off any more syllabuses like fashion. <laughs> We're, are we just are we now just like finding out famous influencers names and dropping Mr. Beast was like fucking last week and Zoella was the week before and she's come back again today. It's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this one person listens, but the person that brought Zoella to my attention, I thought I'd just chuck some some content in there for her. What was the boat called? The Wanderer. Yeah. Right. So the Wanderer um, crashed on the shore of an eastern island gives me bare arrow vibes there's this whole season of, of arrow where these people because oliver actually in order to get my next note out i need to give you some backstory yeah. oliver queen gets stranded on this island this eastern mm-hmm. island called purgatory and he kind of learns he learns from um a guy that's also stranded on the island he learns how to be a um I almost called it arrowist an archer archer yeah, and like arrowist. Basically, <laughs> learns. Yeah, I know, right? I had a proper moment there. He learns all the skills he needs to uh, to come back to Starling City and become the Green Arrow. But there's a whole season where he's on the island trying to learn all these skills, um, and some people come in a ship. But after it plays out, the ship gets kind of shipwrecked, and yeah. it's just in the background of so many scenes on that island there's just this shipwreck in the background so as soon as i saw it i was just like oh my god purgatory <laughs> where's oliver queen oliver queen can save them um, <laughs> but to follow up that i wonder what would happen to oliver queen if he'd washed up on skull island and not purgatory would he have become the green arrow or would he have got eaten by a lizard <laughs> Without someone to teach him to be an arrowist, he'd yeah, have probably got eaten by a giant lizard. I can't, I can't believe that was the only word in my head, and I was like, it's not even a real word. Quick, it's all on. right. Make it humorous. You're a podcastist. 
It's podcasters. <laughs> and you're a pervis. Right. Oh. Um, you don't want the big one to wake up. As soon as you hear that, you know what Act 3 will be, right? Oh, yeah. You know the final fight is Kong fighting the big one. You're so just basically waiting for the big one to, to wake up. And as soon as you see the, the thing, he's like, oh, remember the big one I told you about earlier? It's the big it's one. Got, it's the big one. Act 3 starts uh, now. There's a, there's a quote in this from uh, Cole. Sometimes an enemy doesn't exist until you're looking for one. That's a pretty thought-provoking line for something for yeah. for a film that we you know, basically were like, yeah, you know, it's it's a good fun film. There's 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 no hidden layers and whatnot. Um, and then he, he just drops that. It's it's a really awesome line, and it almost makes up for the ridiculous way he gets killed. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that's an awesome idea. They're gonna blow. Oh no no. Okay, you get smacked into a rock face fifty feet or what? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> forward in my notes because i think my note says something like uh i literally punched the air with joy when kong crunches packard oh so, yeah <laughs> sorry you kind of squiffed up a bit and i kind of halfway through whatever it was you were saying i assumed that was the death you were talking about no no i was talking about kong's death where he uh, walks up to him with the grenade in his oh hands, yeah 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 and he gets smacked over into a cliff and explodes harmlessly out of the way. It's like, oh man, you tried so hard. <laughs> I've, got a note. I've got a note on this as well. Hang on, let me find it. Um, yeah, Cole was begging for a hero moment, but the big yeah. one saw him coming. That would yeah. be me. I'd be in that situation, I'd be like, finally, I've just had the greatest idea. I'm useless at everything. There's no way I'm ever going to become a hero. But if I take one for the team here, I can go down in history and be remembered as a hero. <laughs> Guys, carry on. I'm gonna be selfless and sacrifice myself. I got this. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Finally, I become a hero, and the big one's just like, mate, this ain't your story. Boom, out the way. Just like, yeah, denied. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't your story. You're not a hero. No matter how many weird ideas you have. Boom. <laughs> it's just like this podcast, really. Yeah. Um... You know, regardless of how long they're on the island, it's always. We have three days to get to the rendezvous. <laughs> yeah, it's not until sort of like they get to the boat that they actually start counting down. It's like, yeah, like how long have you been on this island? Because yeah. you know you should have you, you burned daylight. You burned quite yeah. a lot of daylight because yeah, you've only been here about be eight days. About ten minutes. <laughs> you've still got three days till the rendezvous. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this in the uh, trivia bit about the creature design, but. Um, there was a, there's a scene in this that made me just write down the creature design in this film is fantastic. Yeah. It's where the, the giant stick insect appears yes. when, when Campbell's just like sat there radioing and then that fucking stick insect. I'm just like, that is phenomenal. I mean, the rest of the creature design is awesome, but my favorite by yeah. far is that giant fucking stick insect. It's amazing. I want one. I would write I it am... to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> Rooney, you're eight hours late for work. You actually finished in half an hour. What took you so long to get here, mate? Have you seen my ride? It's <laughs> just a hi-ho, stick boy. Yeah. <laughs> Eat my boss. <laughs> that scene, that scene was um, it's one of the few scenes in this film where I thought I knew where it was going, mm. and then it shocked me completely. Not mm-hmm. the reveal of the stick insect, more 
you see it's Cavill, right? It's the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You so. see him. Or you see the soldier. And he has this moment of realisation. He sees this big, out-of-the-ordinary, fantastical creature. And he shoots it. Yeah. And then he stops shooting because he realises the bullets are doing nothing. And then the thing just looks at him, turns around and walks away. I was like, oh, this is the his realisation that not everything on this island is out to kill him. Some things, yeah. are, some things don't care. He's going to go back and tell everyone else. <laughs> this is this is how they're going to learn. And then, boom, no, he gets killed yeah. straight away. He and I'm like, gets killed off screen. <laughs> I was just like, I did not see that death coming. Did not see it coming. No, I thought this was the big breakthrough. I think he thought he was going to go back and talk him into like, not everything wants to kill us. But no. Um, uh, no. <laughs> no. You talked about dialogue earlier. There's a line I want to shout out. It's the bit where he turned around and says, have the Cubs won the World Series yet? <laughs> and as, as a Spurs fan, <laughs> if I was stranded for 30 years, I'd be asking something similar, but with a lot less hope in my voice. <laughs> but there's a bit later on in that scene for dialogue where he's just like uh who would win in the fight a cob or a tiger and he turns to him and he says like well, a tiger because a cob is a baby bear tigers kill baby bears think about it and i think like, about these things it's like... Like pure rooney on this podcast vibe when i just randomly start speaking before my brain's coming to gear and you're like i no, think about it <laughs> Um, we've we've mentioned a couple of times unpleasant ways to die. Oh yeah. Um, I think on my list at the moment, I, we have the starship trooper uh, being dismembered by a uh, the chestburster from uh, obviously Alien. And I think we can add to the list being torn apart limb from limb in mid air by something which is apparently called a leaf wing. <laughs> that is such a good scene. Like you just with the sun in the background it's and everything. Like... Yeah, again, very Apocalypse Now setting because you've yeah. got that big, fat, orange sun and then it's just being cut across in, in like, uh, silhouette. And it's brilliant because it, they get to show so much more almost gore, but not than yeah, they would if you could actually see it because the guy gets his arm, his foot gets ripped off, his arm gets literally torn apart and it's just like, yeah, it's you a long shot. That. You can yeah. get away with it. Yeah, it's really good. Do we know what come out first? This or... The Jurassic Park reboot. Um, I think the Jurassic Park reboot. Because this oh, was okay. 2017. I can't accuse Jurassic Park of ripping off this scene then, can I? Because there ain't never which, a scene where the Jurassic which World. Which Jurassic Park reboot? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, where they go into the aviary with the Pteranodons. Yeah, well, well yeah. Well, there's one bit where they, they pick a woman up and, and they fly away and rip her, rip her apart. It's very, very similar scene to this. Yeah. Starship Troopers did something similar, actually, yeah, funny yeah, enough. Yeah, actually, yeah. In the scene where they pick him up and they eat him and he has to snipe him. Yeah. Um, um, I want to be Kong's sidekick. I feel like I could perch on his shoulder and we could hang out and watch the Northern Lights together. <laughs> I'd be like a like a parrot to a pirate. I'll just sit on his shoulder and just keep him company. <laughs> He'll just feed you like things to nibble on and stuff and you can yeah. shit down his back yeah fantastic yeah. it's it's a it's a match made in heaven <laughs> I, I could be friends with Kong. i don't talk much you don't talk we could just, like... yeah but when you do chat you chat utter shit so 
Yeah, it would depend on how tolerant he is of your nonsense. Oh, I think he'd like me. I think you I reckon? Because like yeah. I'd be there putting like... Savlon on his wounds and like big oversized bandages. How and big stuff. is your tube of Savlon? <laughs> You're ridiculous. You have to apply it with a fucking fire hose. <laughs> oh, I thought I found a friend. No. The scene where they're in like the, the elephant graveyard where they find yeah, that was uh, the well. parents. Uh, oh, we've actually managed to synchronize our notes. Um, when Matey's camera flash gets by the skull crawl, when, when his when, camera flash sets off the when yeah, and then yeah. and he eats it and it's flashing in the the skull yeah. crawler's belly. That I'm not sure if this was intentional, but the reference that that immediately brought to mind to me was Peter Pan with Hook's pocket watch oh, yeah, in the yeah, crop's yeah. stomach. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow, okay. There's something I haven't thought about in, like, forever that this film has just reminded me exists. <laughs> I'm thinking this. I'm thinking something like there's many times where you've seen things where, like, I was thinking like Dread, where he shoots the uh, he shoots the thing in his mouth and it explodes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But the mass grave reminds me of the elephant graveyard in Jungle Book. Yeah, you called it Elephant Graveyard, even though it's actually Kong's parents. So yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one to make that. But <laughs> I mean, that the Elephant Graveyard freaked me out and upset me when I was a kid. But if it looked anything like <laughs> the Kong Graveyard, I think I would have been, I would never have watched Jungle Book ever again. <laughs> um, <laughs> the scene in the graveyard with all the giant skulls is visually striking and something I did not know I needed in my life, but I'm glad I've seen it. <laughs> it just reminds me of like some kind of um like theme park sort of thing yeah an adventure playground in a theme park with all the with the dinosaur skull when he's just set up the 50 cal yeah and he sets it up right the between the horns of the triceratops yeah. it's like it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't do anything but it looks awesome it's a very good visual <laughs> the triceratops was a bit of a throw it kind of threw me a little bit because i'm like these are all old ancient creatures but none of them really really resemble dinosaurs and then suddenly you get a triceratop head and i'm like yeah so there were dinosaurs as well like it's it's apparently in the, the there's there's law for this there's like a prequel comic book or something uh, and it's established uh, okay. in that, that there were there were dinosaurs on the island as well we just don't see them oh uh, okay. it's one of the many things that got cut i think was that uh, okay so it's even more like jurassic park than we first thought yeah okay jurassic park with with other stuff. It's that, like Jurassic Park when they started genetically manipulating dinosaurs and, and yeah. giving them like fucking heat camouflage and comedian skills and shit. Indominus Rex or whatever they call it. Yeah, that's the one. That entire scene, just that. So when you said earlier he's really into com- like video go- computer games, that, that scene yeah. is the one that's jump to mind like with the giant skulls and all the the yellow gas and everything else i'm just like this looks like it's just literally a cutscene from a from a first person shooter where you're running it around it does yeah. they use a they use a lot of cg for the for atmospheric effects in this in yeah. some cases i think they go a little bit ott with it it's it's almost unnecessary but it does it plays into the style that they established for this film with the video yeah. game feel to a lot of it it works 
you know, they use it to create uh, the, the the visual and the atmosphere that they wanted. Well, we both thoroughly enjoyed this film, so they must have been yeah. doing something right. <laughs> we haven't really, we've talked about the visual and stuff, but we haven't actually sat and talked about the special effects. And that was one of the things that first hooked me. The first time I watched it was the first, not the first time we see Kong right at the beginning, but when he comes out of the water, when they first get to the island and you see Kong and I'm, I was just like, wow. Yeah. Like, visually like i don't i don't care storyline anymore visually this is the kong film i've always wanted visually yes. this is an amazing film and i think i've talked about it before on it and if not i definitely bored you to death with this in real life um but there was there was a period of time where visual effects took a giant leap mm. and people started making films more along the lines of fuck story what can we show people what effects can we do like yeah and kind of story went out the window now this film does that perfectly without doing that do you know what i mean it yeah it gives you just enough story that the that the action scenes have weight and they have stakes to them and you you're invested but it doesn't bog you down with too much story especially too much human story that takes you away from the action so I like not only were the special effects really good, I like how they managed to get the balance to kind of rely on special effects 90% of the time during the film, yet not have it overshadow the narrative. Yeah, it there's doesn't fine, it doesn't drown out the narrative. Yeah, there's a fine balance, and I think they get it correct in this. I don't um, know. I know that for this film they had to they had to basically really step up for things like. Um, the fur or Kong's hair yeah. and the yeah. way it interacts with fire and it interacts with water. And apparently the squids was particularly difficult because they not only had to do the squid and get that right. And it had to be slimy and wet, but they had the water yeah. he was in and the Kong's hair and then the water interacting with Kong's hair and then the squid interacting with the water, interacting with Kong's hair. And basically they, they, they had a whole department set up in the VFX team just to do the water. So the VFX guys would do their bit and yeah. then hand it over to the water department who would then do all the water effects. And that was literally all they did was water effects for could, giant monsters. <laughs> could you imagine you get hired as a VFX person on Kong and you're like, oh, I get to do Kong. Wow. I can't believe it's so exciting. And they're like, no, no, sorry. I didn't tell you the other bit. And then no, you're in the water department. <laughs> oh, wow. Water. Yeah. Oh, so I'm doing just water shots for like four months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Kong going to be in the water shot? Do so I get to do Kong in the water? No, Kong's going to get done before. You just do the water. You oh, just do okay. the water. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it clearly pays off. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I've decided next time I get laid, right before I insert, I'm going to beat my chest like Kong does before he goes into battle. Wow, some lucky person is really in for a treat aren't they with that one hey, baby. want to take this upstairs yes yes i do let's go and you just take off your shirt and she they're just like come on lay it on I me know. and you're all like oh! i know I, I don't take my top off during sex <laughs> that's far too perverted no i, I just did the beat in the chest over the top of my t-shirt are you actually a quaker or like a fucking mormon or something <laughs> Yeah, you keep saying I have nothing to do with my time, but I'm I'm hanging out at uh, 
the Quaker, Quaker meeting house discussing how Doggy and Cowgirl and the ever exotic reverse Cowgirl are all sinful. It's sinful. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe, maybe, you know, you've been talking about like brand outreach and how we should be getting sponsorship from people. Maybe we should get like Quaker Oats with their, with their porridge to, uh, to sponsor us because I mean, you're, you're practically there already. No, we you can't do the that. You can't do that. As a member of the Quakers, mm-hmm. um, we're currently in a in a long term law um, <laughs> litigation with, <laughs> with Quaker Oats because they stole our name. So <laughs> they're basically I'm not one enemy at the moment. I'd have more luck getting the Quakers to work with I don't know Bad Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... On another note. How on earth does Kong get chained up by falling onto a ship? Yeah, that was, um, I think that was more a nod to yeah. uh, previous Kong films than anything else. Because, just, yeah. It's, it's silly. That was one of the points I was just like, oh, you're taking me right there's, out of the moment. There's, just before that one, actually, um, when Packard sets his trap for Kong. Yeah. yeah when he's standing bit. there with the torch, that's got when some he, strong predator vibes i was just about to say yeah when he when he basically remembers seeing predator as a kid and decides to rip it off yeah, yeah he's just like yeah. oh yeah no we'll do that that'll be great <laughs> that is that the fire the trap the fact that they're both staring at it. yeah it's got such yeah, jackson predator. jackson is like he's like half a step away from just going yeah. <laughs> come at me bro oh, <laughs> although covering himself it does show mud. that samuel jackson <laughs> Samuel Jackson does crazy very well. Yes, he does. Yeah, we, we only get a few glimpses of it. It's not, it's not an obvious one, but that's all we need to see his sort of Ahab-like obsession and the yeah. fact that he's he's gone. He's he's not he's not there anymore. <laughs> it's like there's such. I know the director had a go at himself with structure, but literally it's structured so well in that moment that everyone else is like no we're turning on you we don't want to kill kong and it's like oh okay uh we're all gonna run off and leave you here and it's just like from that second they were leaving it's just him you're like oh well he's got no no role in that in, in the ongoing <laughs> narrative from this point on they've all turned their back on him no one respects him he's gonna die in three Two, two, one. yep, dead. One. Yeah. Smush. <laughs> kind of like the guy in, in the Firefly book. It's like as soon as he stops being like an important part of the narrative, we just kill him off. Yeah, like, as soon as he's fulfilled his role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my last note. Um, what's the girl? What's Brie Larson's name? Uh, something Weaver. Weaver. Okay. So from the second Kong says Weaver from Drowning. She is dead, basically. The fact that he gets attacked and he has her in her hand and he falls all over the place and he does all this stuff, <laughs> but he doesn't crush her. Like, and then, furthermore to that, Kong shows his absolute naivety of the fact that he's never seen a horror film before because he saves her. He thinks the, the giant yeah. lizard thing's dead. And then the giant <laughs> lizard comes back, comes back from the dead. Like, what has Kong been doing all this time? Not watching horror films, obviously. Not watching horror films. Uh, it's funny because... Uh, that scene sort of to me gives the answer to a question that a lot of um, Godzilla fanboys have been screaming on the internet since the announcement of Kong v Godzilla. Um, what 
you know, it's like Godzilla is literally a, la- a, a nuclear laser cannon. He will just walk up to you and just fire a nuclear laser beam at your head. What is some giant monkey boy going to do? Ah, the same thing that DC fans were asking when it was first suggested that Superman was going to go up against Batman. Yeah. It's like Kong has shown in this film he can use tools. Godzilla can't. And Godzilla is is not the world world destroyer that he becomes in some some incarnations. Um, He is very much a monster that can be defeated. And Kong has shown the ability to use tools. And since it's being hinted at that Kong is brought in to fight Godzilla, it stands to reason he's going to have tools made available to him to defeat Godzilla with so coming coming soon in King Kong versus Godzilla, Kong wearing the same suit as Batman wore <laughs> to fight Superman in, <laughs> in Batman v Superman. <laughs> Mecha Kong. <laughs> I have seen a whole bunch of memes and comics, like web comics, parodying that scene with the Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> but obviously the roles are are Godzilla and uh, and Kong instead. <laughs> Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I need this question don't. answered. Well, I you'll have this... to wait because I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna listen. I'm just gonna start going la la la. Because right, I'm really looking Godzilla forward. Film. Watch King, King of the Monsters and then text me because I need to know. I need to know something. Okay. I need you to answer a question for me. Okay, I will let you know once I've watched it. Okay. Um, I really. I know, we said that Kong only got 14 minutes of yes. screen time in this film. I really wish we got more Kong versus insert giant monster here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were awesome. Those basically those fight scenes alone were good enough that they actually piqued my interest in the rest of this Monsterverse series. Because like I said at the beginning, I haven't seen any of them apart from this one. When you said this, I was like, Oh god, this is another one I'm gonna have to sit. I texted and said, "This is my choice. Unless you don't like it, then we don't. We won't do it. I'll choose something else." Well, like I said, I, I'd never seen it, so I didn't yeah. know if I was going to like it. But I was kind of like, "Ah, it's a Kong film." And all I had in my head was the Peter Jackson one, and I was yeah. just like, "That was boring as hell. I don't want to watch a sequel to that." Um, and then I watched it, and yeah, the, the 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 giant monkey fights alone have sold me on it. Um, and I'm actually now going to watch. I'm going back to watch the other two, yeah. and I'm going to watch the new one as well. That that's how good they were, and I wish we got more of them in this. Yeah, Hopefully, oh yeah. there'll be more. Obviously, Kong versus Godzilla, because that's the whole yeah. premise of it. <laughs> it's just Ninety minutes of the two of them fighting. There's no premise. There's we don't nothing. care about that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're here. Let's fight. <laughs> Mecha Kong and Godzilla just going at it, preferably <laughs> in the middle of Tokyo. That's all we need. That's all we need. That. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Whatever you do. Bring Godzilla to fucking New York. Leave him in Japan and let them fight there, please. I know it's probably already in place. You already destroy San Francisco in one of the films. Oh, yeah. They're constantly bringing Godzilla to America like Godzilla would have any fucking interest in going going to America. People (laughs) won't watch it if it's not set in America. (laughs) Idiot. Um, I'm down to my last few notes now. Uh, okay. Marlo's the, the, the Marlo's final scenes when he goes home. When it's all oh, shot on like the, the yeah, eight mil camera. Yeah. Super that's it. Yeah. Oh man, that got me all choked up. I mean, it was me too, but then I realised it's even more fictional 
than Kong. Because <laughs> if you disappear after 30 years, that woman's remarried. She's got a couple more kids. Like, you're, you've been bad mouthed to your kid. Your kid don't want to see you anymore. So, or, or your kid thinks you died a hero, and by coming back to life, you're just going to show him that you're a mere mortal man that likes beer, hot dogs, and baseball, and not the hero that he grew up. Who has gone slightly insane. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a bit mental after being trapped yeah. on an island with a giant ape and, and a bunch of weird Indian people. There's yeah. no way that will play single for 30 years. No and, way. And of course, uh, a post credit scene. <laughs> because. Oh my God, what? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hang on. It sets up. uh, Oh, it sets up. Basically, they get recruited by um, Monarch. Uh, Conrad and Weaver get recruited by Monarch and uh, knock off John Boyega and the Asian lady who doesn't do anything. Yeah. Show them basically a bunch of slides showing uh, what the monsters Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah. And it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, this now you are officially tying it all together. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I had no. Do you know what? This is news to me. I had no idea there was a there was oh, a post credit scene. For every I film mean, now, I go I fast forward through the credits, yeah. looking at the you know on like uh, the streaming services, you get the little shot, little screenshot yeah. of what's happening on screen at the time. Yeah, I do that of all of them. Fast forward it to make sure I'm not missing anything. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't know that. I suppose considering they've ripped off Marvels, let's build a universe. It was obvious they were gonna. Everyone does post credit scenes now. It's it's if you don't have a post credit scene, are you even a real film these days? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Ignore the two hours that come before. If you ain't got that, like ninety seconds at the end, it's uh, the just... bit everyone wants to see is the ninety seconds at the end. That's that's they've sat through two hours just to get to those ninety seconds. <laughs> Hang on. So, are, are you are you seriously? <laughs> I'm bringing it up. He's bringing it up now so that he can watch the the, the like two minute post credit scene. <laughs> Petroglyphs. The Godzilla scream at the end. Yeah. <laughs> petroglyphs. I I love it. I, I love the fact that they're, they're like these things exist. Look at the petroglyphs. Not <laughs> not the uh, not actual real life pictures of them. No, that's that's brilliant. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you get me to that. Oh, there you go. Uh, educational. That is the tie-in we all need. Apparently, all you need to do to tie films together now is a post-credit scene. Yeah, that is yeah. literally all you need. <laughs> to be honest, with some of them, you don't even need to see the actors from the film. You can use other actors. <laughs> or bring in right. an actor from a different film. <laughs> we need to link this together with next week's episode, so we'll do a, post, a post-credit. Post-credit scene. Post-credit scene, where we <laughs> talk about what's coming up. We could do it every week. We could do, after the... We could do two minutes post credit scene on what's coming up next week. Except that most weeks we don't know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really great idea, but that would require us getting our act together. Um, yeah. And we haven't managed it in 43 episodes. So <laughs> no, there was one month where, where we panicked about all the stuff we had to put out. So we, we planned it in advance. Yeah, true. Like December. Well, actually, yeah. late November and December, we, we, we had our act together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, we, need to, that one. <laughs> we need to be fearful a bit more. We're not fearful enough. Maybe fear <laughs> is the key to, to make the subject great again. We just have to be scared all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to want to put some time into working on a spreadsheet because that's when we get things sorted out is when I update the spreadsheet. 
<laughs> Other than that, it all just goes to pot. Um, uh, this film, it it was just really good fun. Was, I, don't, I don't have anywhere near as many notes as I usually do, because it kind it of falls the into the same... It, right? Yeah, yeah, I've never seen this film before. Um, and it kind of falls in the same category as Demolition Man. Uh, in the, it's, it's a good fun film to watch. There's no hidden agenda or comparisons to future space Nazis or no. you know, things to be rooted out, buried in the subtext. But it does something that I consider almost impossible, which is it makes the King Kong franchise fun and interesting again. Viable for the 21st century, right? Yeah, yeah. it's 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 an, it's the MCU for King Kong, which after Peter Jackson bored the franchise to death years ago, I was just like, I'm done with that. I don't just, never need to watch a Kong film again. <laughs> I just like it, in its, its genius and its simplicity in as much as it's like, oh, we're going to do Kong. We've done the Kong origin story 87 times. We don't need to do it again. Could we do something different this time? Yeah, by all means, go and do something different. Yeah. Perfect. Like, <laughs> no one needs that same Kong story again. Like, if I'm going to, no. if I want to watch that, I will track down that old, the old version, the black and white version. Because yeah. my memories of that as a kid was that was quite good. I know I said earlier there's no good Kong films, but that was quite good when I was a kid. But aside from that, I don't need that story. I'd like, I never need to see. The Spider-Man origin ever again. I never need to see the Batman origin ever again. I never need to see the Superman origin ever again. And I definitely don't need to see the King Kong origin again. But we're in a place now where it's like, okay, so we've built the platform. What comes next could be anything. And that that is quite yeah. exciting. I was yeah. never into this. I've seen some of them Godzilla films. <laughs> I was never really into Godzilla or Kaiju, as you as you told me they're called. Um kong or anything like that i was just like oh they're like they're like my granddad's heroes like i'm, I'm into the new yeah, stuff yeah. but i'm i'm back in like if yeah. they did this if they did this kind of thing with the universal monsters i'd be back in there as well like that is apparently on the cards they are yeah, looking at doing is. that well at yeah. one point they were trying to do it with tom cruise weren't they tom cruise was going to be the linchpin that, that held the new universal monsters yeah. universe together but apparently they made one film and then that got scrapped yeah but um <laughs> yeah there's still life in these old things you've just got to find new angles yeah it's 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 interesting because obviously in japan they've never really gone out of fashion the old no, films no, are no, still no. relatively they're still in, in relative circulation um it's just that sort of in the west we kind of well, i don't want to keep harping about this but we, we let peter jackson have at it we westernized well, them and we it took wasn't it just peter and jackson because peter jackson didn't make that godzilla in new york film he oh, didn't no, make that's true he didn't make some of the, the other godzilla films when they were pumping them out every three or four years to try and yeah. convince us that godzilla was cool <laughs> like they just they westernized it straight like first off they used too many human storylines oh which way i too did much. when i saw how big the cast of humans was in this film i feared that that was going to be the case again. Yeah. But it really wasn't. It no. really wasn't. There was enough just to kind of... You need some humans because the humans play the role of the viewer. So you yeah. imagine yourself there. But they didn't... They just kind of checked in with them occasionally. It wasn't like the main narrative. They're, they're the main narrative part, was, aren't they? Yeah. The main narrative was Kong is here to keep the big one at bay 
And if Kong disappears, the big one's coming and the whole world's in danger then, yeah. basically. The humans are just there as, like, the MacGuffin. Well, not, they're not the MacGuffin. Kong's the MacGuffin. They're just there to, like, basically, so you can put yourself in the shoes of people around these fantastical... Yeah, they're, they're and... the Mary Sues, aren't they? I'll tell you what did surprise me. John Goodman got killed off pretty quickly. He did, didn't he? He that's doesn't... Not, he, he that's not the first... a choice. That's not a choice I I expect to see, to be honest, because he's like the main driving force of getting them to the island, yeah. getting the whole thing underway. And then he's like, I know ultimately he's the villain because he leads them all to possible death by kind of lying and not really telling them why they're going. So he is kind of the he's villain. Almost, he's like he's a, he's a, a John Hammond yeah. style character. Yeah. He's not he's not the traditional villain per se, but he kind of, he's almost an antagonist because he puts him in that situation in the first place. Yeah. I understand karmically that he has to get his, but for him to be one of the first people that dies, I think it was more kind of like, can you, can you see John Goodman at his age kind of surviving in this, in this war against Kong? (laughs) That was not going to (laughs) happen. I would be annoyed though, because I'll, as John Goodman, I would expect to be coming back for Kong versus Godzilla, but that's never going to happen. That's not happening, no, because he got eaten. <laughs> he maybe, did. Maybe he was the most expensive one, and they really want John by eight for the next one. So, <laughs> got to replace a John with a John, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you got any notes or a wrap up? No, that 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 is it. I've already wrapped up, and yeah, so it's okay. scores. Oh. Seven. Seven. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Seven. Cause it's... I think it's a good, solid film. I think it's got its problems, but what film hasn't? Yeah. And for what it is, for a Kong film, for a blockbuster, for just a piece of fun, it is really good. And so, yeah, it's getting a seven, which I think yeah. is a pretty respectable score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I combined score of 14. That puts it at about middle of the table, which is yeah. probably where it deserves to be because it's a good film, but compared against some of the other stuff, oh, which yeah, is it's not, bonus away. Yeah, it's not up there with Wonder Woman, this, Black Panther this, stuff. Like no, but this is a really good film. I did thoroughly enjoy it. And like I said, it piqued my interest in something that I thought I would never watch again. Um, yeah. And I wasn't looking forward me. to watching this one. As <laughs> a Japanophile who loves Kaiju, that you weren't. Um, instantly like kind of indoctrinated into the godzilla oh, no, don't get me wrong don't get me wrong i i i'm a godzilla fan but oh just kong not. i've never seen no. really you know uh, since since i was a kid and watched like the old black and white one or something yeah. i've never seen a kong film that was, worth, uh, worth was any good yeah and the godzilla obviously with that that one in the 90s kind of put me off it i know there are a lot of Oh, there are so many Godzilla films out there. Stuff that I've never seen. Yeah, I mean, the last like fucking twenty from like twenty fifteen onwards, it seems like there was a Godzilla film made every fucking year. As I yeah. realised last night when I was looking them up, it's like that Shin Godzilla, which I yeah. believe is a Japanese one again. I, I want to watch that as well. Um, I'd like to see of them. Some, some Japanese Godzilla films. That's yeah, what, I think that's something that I'm going to look to do this year is to track down some of them like proper authentic Godzilla films and yeah I'm definitely going to do that with some of the old ones yeah the old men in rubber suits 
Maybe we'll do a Godzilla podcast. Who knows? Um, <laughs> find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. <laughs>